Sorry about that. All right, Mel. Hand over your license and registration. Your registration? Uh, Hurry up, Mel. <laughs> Sorry. Is there something funny here, boy? No. Well, then why are you laughing, Mr. Larry Johnson? All right, Meow, where were we? I'm sorry, are you saying Meow? Am I saying Meow? I, I, I thought you... Don't think, boy. Meow, do you know how fast you were going? <laughs> now, what is so damn funny? I could have swear you said Meow. Do I look like a cat to you, boy? <laughs> Am I jumping around all nimbly, bimbly from tree to tree? No. No. <laughs> Am I drinking milk from a saucer? <laughs> no. Well, do you see me eating mice? <laughs> and you stop laughing right now. Yes. Now, I'm going to have to give you a ticket on this. But... No buts, meow. That's the law. Not so funny meow, is it? Meow. Greetings and salutations, my chums, me amigos, my radio compadres, my companions on the road to whimsy. Uh, it is 7 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of August in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. The talker of this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You want to join us today? 503 733 970-503-733-2970 with your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, uh, observations, ruminations, ponderings, musings of an ironic nature, whatever you might have. 503-733-2970. Adam from the Pimp Squad standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the offensive, the horrifying, uh, the gut-churningly obvious, whatever it is you might have. It's 503 733 uh, 2970, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at uh, rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am or Tim at 970.am. AM, AM, AM. Uh, all right, so uh, lots of stuff to get to today. First first of all, we're uh, one week away uh, from 8808. Uh, that is coming up next Friday, next Friday, next Friday. Next Friday, 8808, August 8th. Uh, so next Friday, 2 p.m., uh, and we'll be talking more about this today and then a lot about it uh, next week. Uh, next Friday, 2 p.m., 888, uh, we will be doing the Emerson Address, at which point we endeavor uh, to get every radio, every set of speakers, every web stream in existence uh, tuned to this very fine radio station. Uh, the goal is to get every single person with a pair of ears in the Portland metro area and beyond uh, listening next Friday on 888. Uh, 666 was horns across the Hawthorne, 777. We have been alive next Friday, 888. Uh, we will attempt to address the entire population of the state uh, at once next Friday, uh, 2 p.m., um, which means that at some point we should figure out what we're going to say. But that day is not today. Uh, here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will join us from the Hill. Uh, we'll talk to Rachel McGrath. Haven't talked to her in a while. Uh, she'll be talking about something, I swear to Christ, something called Britney's Law. Uh, so that's coming up uh, today from Los Angeles. So what else? Top five. 
Eh. I've assembled it. I'm not even going to promise that we'll get to it because we could also do it Monday and it would be equally timely. Today we have the top five songs about prostitution. Uh, so I, uh, we have that put together. If we do it today, great. If not, uh, we can do it Monday uh, when Richie the Bristol uh, joins us again. And we will be talking more about Richie and his little red wagon uh, in just a moment. So uh, Lisa today, Rachel McGrath today, top five prostitution songs. Uh, Scott Daly from Film Fever Radio will be joining us. Uh, Dan from PopCultureZoo.com is going to be in the studio uh, because he is back from Comic-Con. Uh, did you see that thing he got for uh, for Bobby, for Fat Boy? No, what is He's it? He's got this righteous Battlestar Galactica poster. It's all the characters from Battlestar Galactica doing The Last Supper. It's badass. Yeah, it's hanging right up there. Uh, I imagine the court and Fat Boy... Oh, God, it's going to be one of those days. I can already smell it. Because it's because we have Scott, we have Dan, and then Court and Fatboy, I think, will pop in later on today because they got the Midnight Movie tonight, which is Super Troopers uh, at the Baghdad. Uh, so we'll do that. Let's see what else. Taser Watch coming up today. Uh, what else? Uh, some notes from last night to get to. Um, and other things. Uh, I think we also have a religious nutcase watch, possibly a geek watch, but then again, I could just be making that up. I don't really know. Uh, and so forth. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Friday. A mad anthrax scientist commits suicide as the FBI closes in. A car throws a bicyclist 138 feet in southeast. Firefighters are at the scene of a burning steakhouse in Gladstone. An eight-year-old girl sent to a rock and roll camp is given music containing sex and violence. Police are on the lookout for the driver responsible for a hit and run involving seven cars in a loa. A giant boa is loose in Eugene. That Canadian greyhound beheader makes his first court appearance. Love child, never meant to be. Love child, born in poverty. Not John McCain's love child. No father listed on the birth certificate. We'll have details coming up. Fantastic. I'm glad we both saw that story this morning, by the way. Uh, it's uh, it, When I saw that this morning, it sort of leapt off the page. Uh, where it says, whatever it is, it, 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 woman's blah, 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 blah. No father listed on birth certificate. So... It was a child without a dad. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. Hello, how are you today? Hello, I'm doing well. Fantastic. How was your evening? Uh, it was good. I went and saw uh, Rocky Vadalato play at uh, Brabati's, which is good. And I met um, a couple of listeners. I met Eric, who's actually the Glorious Bastard of the Week this week. Excellent. Congratulations, Eric. Hey, I guess he used to work at Super Digital, or he still, he still works at Super Digital. Oh, yeah. No, I know, I know that guy. Yeah, I think super he, cool. I think he might have been. I think he might have done the mastering. On uh, that music project I did, to which I cannot, which I can't discuss her name. Struck with wonder. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't say that. Yeah. I, uh, well, yeah I, he did. He did. In fact, you have glitter on your face today. I don't know. Probably. I can't. I can't tell. I just want to make sure that it's not just me going blind or something. No, right. I didn't. Yeah, you know, I never really like put my face on. Wait, now what is Rocky Vadalato? Rocky Vadalato. He's a he's a singer. Okay. He's a singer songwriter. He um he has a band, but he played an acoustic show last night, and it was just beautiful and amazing. Who am I confusing him with? Uh, Who is Ted the, Leo? Yes, I'm confusing confusing him with Ted Leo of Ted Leo and the Pharmacist. Yes, yes, they both have beautiful, amazing voices. But um, yeah, but it, it was a really good show. Oh, and I also met um Scotty last night too. Excellent, Scotty. Fantastic. Yeah, well, all right fun, then. Fun there you go. Uh, well, we should uh, give it up to some of the listeners who were at Rock and Roll Pizza last night uh, for Wednesday 13. Yeah, how was that? Um, it was good. A little, uh, I don't know, a little rushed. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's her concert. It, I remember Angela, because Angela and I were supposed to go to Water Aerobics yesterday, and Angela is um, Eric, the guitar player for 800 Octane's right. girlfriend. And she wasn't supposed to be there till like, 8, and then she called me. She's like, crap, I have to be there now. And it was 6.30, because I guess 800 Octane was going on at 7. Seriously, it was... I mean, I don't think you can really properly rock when it's light outside, but maybe that's just me. So I actually missed 
800 octane set, so I feel like kind of a jerk about that. Because I, I showed up, and Laura and I got there, and think we have plenty of time. And we go over there to 800 octane, starting, like, loading their crap out. Oh, and I'm like, man. well, come on! So, um... But I guess maybe that is because it's an all-ages venue uh, that they gotta like, you know, they gotta be they really get cracking on that stuff. So um, anyway, so uh, let me just back up. So we got there, talked to 800 Octane, met, met a couple listeners who were there, uh, which is great. Uh, there was it was the weirdest. I don't go on and on about it because the, the, the show's over. But I it, but it was the weirdest bill though because it was like 800 Octane sandwiched between like these two like full-on screaming metal bands, which was just weird. Uh, and including this guy, I mean, metal is, don't get me wrong, this comes from a place of love, but boy, metal is just dumb. I mean, when it's done right anyway, it's just stupid. I mean, it's, it's glorious, but it's just, what is it that Lester Bang says? Because they're trying to bring respectability to an art form that is gloriously and righteously dumb. And I mean, that's the thing about, Laura pointed this out last night, and I'd never really thought about it in these terms. So we're sitting there, and you know, rock and roll pizza, it's because we're old, we're over and like, Initially, at least on the bar section, because it's like a, it's an all-ages venue, but then there is a bar that's behind like that cyclone fencing. So we're kind of sitting there, and this is whatever this is, I think it's Trioxin, Trioxin, whatever it is, some band is, is playing, and they're great, but it's just, but but it's just that great stupid metal thing where it's like they're all just these pacey kind of frail like, hello, thank you for coming out, <laughs> you know what I mean with that. Welcome to welcome to Rock and Roll Pizza. Thank you for thank you for coming out. Is that a, a big venue? Is it decent sized? Uh, not so much. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's like maybe uh, maybe Dante sized. I mean, it's not like a big place. It's a, I would say small. Uh, if you were to take into account the bar section, because the deal is there's the stage, then there's the air, the floor in front of the stage, and then there is a piece of cyclone fencing behind which there is a the, the 21 and over area. Uh-huh. If you were to put it all together, I'm saying it's like Dante's. Okay. You know, about like that. Um, but the but the metal guy and I think that I think they're a local band. He gets up there and they they do the great the great thing of like, uh, you know of like, uh, oh and thank you thank you for coming out and it's great to see everybody here tonight and we're gonna do a song now called Covered in Flames. You know it's just, and it's like the guy like the guy's speaking voice and his singing voice are like this is not even in the same body. And Laura pointed out that she said that metal is really the only art form. In which you just, it's like no one believes that's your real voice. Everybody knows you're using a fake cartoon voice, and that doesn't really happen in any other form of music. Do you know what I mean? Is nobody fake cartoon? Seriously, but she, she said, you know, it's great and all, but I mean, everybody sort of knows he doesn't really sound like that. We're all aware that it's kind of a kooky put on, and sure enough. So, and anyway, so the, but they were really great. That being said, that I think they were called Triops, and they were actually really, really great. Uh, and uh, they hung around afterward, and they sort of met all their fans, you know, after which I, which I always, you know, yeah, i got to give it up for bands who do that. And then Wednesday came out, and it was it was good, but I think they must have felt the clock ticking, because I had a good time, but it was normally, he, I, I could tell that everything was being played at about like a 30% faster tempo than it usually is. And he usually has sort of a lot of props and kind of a lot of theatrical stuff, and it was really, really stripped down with it. I mean, it was great. It was a little bit different than it was at Satyricon. Still had a good time, though. So, um, so thanks, everybody, who came out. Uh, last night, and then afterwards, I talked to the 800 Octane guys again, and they slipped me the uh, the two song, like a two song demo from their upcoming CD. And I guess you've heard the whole thing. Have you heard the whole upcoming CD? Or are you allowed to say? Can you? I don't know if I'm allowed to say that because I remember Angel told me I wasn't supposed to say something. And oh. I can't quite remember what it was. Well, that's too late. I told him you heard it and loved it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, they gave me a two song demo, which is just righteous. Yeah, they, they're uh, talented. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. So uh, that's bummer too when you see like all these. You know, like mediocre crap bands make it big, and like these ones who put like so much time and effort and so many years and such talent and yeah, it's 
poop. No, it was it's it's fantastic. So anyway, so a, a good time was had by all. Uh, and then I, this is less funny today than it was last night. Last night, I, I, do you ever make a note of something you're going to do in the air and you think it's going to be funny, and then the next day you realize it really isn't. Uh, but I just I had this whole thing about the names, uh, uh, how we're sort of running out of metal band names, and so I took all these flyers that had the names of uh, shows with upcoming with upcoming metal bands, and I realize now it's not very interesting. So I'm just going to set these over here. And you're not even going to read we'll one. Move on. You really want to know that we're going to be having a that Wednesday, August twenty seventh, Dying Fetus is going to be playing. There you go. We do have listeners in a band called Pitchfork Abortion. Don't. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, that is true. Well, okay, so don't miss Dying Fetus Wednesday, August twenty seventh at Rock and Roll Pizza. <laughs> and that's a great phrase, anyway. You don't really hear the phrase fetus, pizza, rock and roll, and dying all in one sentence nearly often enough. Jesus. All right. Um. Uh, let's see, couple couple brief notes, uh, and then we'll talk about our good friend Richie Bristol, uh, who, I don't know if everybody had the same thing I did last night, probably not, where about 6.45, I kind of went, oh, hey, and I looked at my watch, and then you realize Richie's having the sex. I didn't until I got a text message from Aaron, damn it, <laughs> it was like, damn you, sir. Was it just a text message that said the word thrust? No, it was like 6.03, and he's like, damn you, since you were talking about it, now I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. I couldn't stop. I actually text messaged a few people last night uh, about it. I, I sent a text message to Susan Reynolds, and I said, two words, Richie Bristol. And then she immediately texted me. She was like, one word, bastard. Uh, and then I, I texted uh, Chris Paddock from KUFO, too, and I said, hey, Richie Bristol, you know, or whatever. And he immediately texted me back. He's like, how dare you, sir? Uh, so... We'll find out a little bit later on uh, exactly what transpired with Richie Bristol. Uh, here's just a, a couple of notes uh, from last night. Let's see. One is, what is that thing? Dear God, what is that thing uh, that's in the river? Do you know the thing I'm talking about? It's like if you go over the Hawthorne Bridge, there's like some weird floating oh, it's the blue thing. It's the Red Bull thing where people make construct flying machines and then jump off of it. Now, there's that happening, but is that the same thing I'm talking the about? It's like a white platform? Uh, I don't think it's the platform. It almost it, it looks almost like a thing that they're drilling something with. It's in front of OMSI? I saw that thing. I don't know it what the hell like that is. It's a huge like, tower thing coming out of it. That's what I'm talking I about. I saw it yesterday. I have no idea. It's what like a big floating drill in the middle of the river. It looks almost like a weird oil rig. That's right exactly it. It looks like an oil dirt. Maybe they discovered oil in the Willamette River. Maybe they'll be... We don't want to do that. You don't want to dirty up the river, Tim. Yeah, it's the east side. It has no concern. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't pay it. No, never mind. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I know where the bridge if, is. If you go over the Hawthorne Bridge uh, as you are heading to the east side, for those of us who do that sort of a thing, Tim. Uh, I did go there once this month. Was it but intentional, I, or did you take the wrong turn? I, I was going to a dinner party, but I made sure I, I left before dusk. <laughs> I didn't want to take the the wrong way down a one-way street, <laughs> entering God knows what. Sort of like our own personal Salem's lot. Uh, but if you go over the Hawthorne Bridge, on your uh, heading east, on your right, there's like this weird oil derrick platform drilly pointy thing floating in the middle of the river. And at first I thought, I'm like, that's oh, the flug tog thing. Uh, and then it's not that at all. It's just something that's floating out there that mystifies me. So if somebody knows what that is, let me know, because I hate not knowing stuff. Also this, here's a great moment from yesterday. So I, uh, I, I, I I had gone because it was the, the, the Rock and Roll Pizza thing was last night, and I didn't have a ticket. And so I was, like, going to go to the, whatever, the Tickets West outlet or the Safeway or something. So I go to Safeway, and, you know, cause I, you know I want to be a good guy. I want to support the band and all. So I go, and I, uh, you know, and I'm like, hey, I'm 
tickets, please. And she's like, okay. And so she fires up the ticketing computer, and she said, okay, what do you need tickets for? And I said, uh, I need, uh... and then there's a whole confusion because I'm like Wednesday 13, and I forgot to clarify that was the name of the act. And so she's looking like, you know, three months from now. And I said, no, 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 that's the name of the band, Wednesday 13, tonight, Rock and Roll Pizza, whatever. And so there's the woman, I won't even, I won't describe her except to say that, let's just say that she was, uh, I would say, uh, an older, sort of conservative-looking woman. Mm -hmm. And so she's sitting there looking through all of the stuff on the computer at the Tickets West thing, trying to find the appropriate band. And I'm, and she said, what's the venue? And I said, it's at Rock and Roll Pizza. It's on Powell. And she said, okay. And so she's reading off the names of the band. And she didn't get to the dying fetus or whatever, but she did. She's reading off. She goes, okay, there's, uh, let's see, coming up at Rock and Roll Pizza, we've got, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Necrofantastics and, you know, Kill Me, Kill Me, Kill Me, and whatever she's listing off. And then she gets to this actual name of a band. I actually talked to her, and she goes... Okay, let's see. Playing on the fifth is My Teacher is a Whore. <laughs> and then she, you can tell she sort of said it without really processing it first. And then she, she did that thing. And so she, she stopped. She went, oh, my. <laughs> like she sort of said it out loud without realizing it. So if you're a big fan of My Teacher is a Whore, uh, apparently they're going to be at Rock and Roll Pizza sometime in the ensuing weeks. Um, finally this, and then this will lead us into our discussion of Richie Bristol. Oh, and then remind me to tell you what about the Stations of the Cross. Okay. Um... We'll talk to Richie later this hour. We'll talk to Lisa and then Richie. Okay. Uh, so, final observation uh, here, and then we'll then we'll talk about our thoughts on Richie Bristol. So, Dave Zinn stopped by my office yesterday, and Dave Zinn is just the king of the of the sort of just putting it in between the fifth and sixth ribs. Like he's just so mellow all the time. Dave Zinn, who is the gatekeeper here at the front desk, he's just such a laid back sort of calm guy. But then every so often he'll just drop a depth charge where he just goes, well, you know, Rick. <laughs> And then he just he just annihilates this. So we two quotes from from uh, Dave. We'll start with the less pertinent one. This is discussing Adam from the Pimp Squad, uh, who was on the show yesterday doing his top five knack songs in Art My Sharona. So Dave stops by and goes, "So I heard uh, Adam on the show today." And I said, "Yes, yes, he did." He said, uh, "He's getting a little confident behind the microphone." What are we going to do about that? <laughs> and then he just sort of said it, and he gave me just like this sinister sort of eye contact, and then he moved on. And then he came back by the office later, and he said, So, Richie Bristol is visiting the brothel tonight. And I said, Yes, he is. And this is two quotes from, from Dave Zinn that I just offer without comment. One, Rick, you know Richie's not going to be able to perform. And he just said it as a fact. Wasn't a question. Wasn't up for discussion. Oh, he totally wouldn't be. There's no, no debate at all. He just said it flat out as, a, as an assumed fact. Richie's not going to be able to perform. And secondly, uh, and then he just said this. And then, with that, then he just said this in a woman's voice. Dave said this to me in a woman's voice. He said, um, you still have an hour, sir. What would you like to do? So, there you go. That being said, I don't know what happened. To Richie last night. All I don't I, either. Don't you, you got one text. See, he didn't even text me. Well, because I, I tried to call him because I, so I met that Eric guy last night. So we're talking and he's just like, will you please, please call Richie? Because it was like 11 o'clock and I'm like, yeah. you know what? Okay, yeah, I'll call Richie. Let's see. And then here's my... That's all I got. At 11, 12 It just says DAM, D-A-M, capital D, capital A, lowercase m. That's it. And that's it. So that's it. That's all and we I know. And I back. I'm like, what? And I had like put like 16 question marks, and he never wrote back. Maybe he didn't have change for the snack machine. <laughs> so, I, uh, and that was at what time? 11:12. <sighs> okay, well let's think that about this. That would have been five hours later. Sure is, and there's no way he was paying for five hours with. He only took three grand with him, right? 
Mm-hmm. Well, he he already paid nine. This well, he, just... brought, he brought thirty eight hundred, but he said he was only going to spend three. Okay, because so when he went there, so this is Richie. He's in he's in Nevada this week, and he was gambling in Vegas. Then he was going to, he was going to Sherry's Ranch, which is a brothel. So he'd already put down a nine hundred dollar deposit, non refundable. So he's pot committed. He then took how much cash with him? Thirty eight hundred. Thirty eight hundred, and three girls. And his duct taped envelope. Remember? And his, yeah. <laughs> So there's no way that he's... That's five hours. So there's no way that he was getting five hours with three girls for 3800 There's just no way. So he had to have been done long before that, I would imagine. I mean, just by sheer financial necessity. Yeah, because I called him much earlier. I called him and left him a message when I was talking to Eric, but that was like 10, maybe? And then I got this that text message like an hour and a half mm. later. All right. Well, okay. Well, I wonder well, what happened. I don't know. Let's... Well, um, well let's... Before we do anything, Adam, uh, can you come to the studio, please? Adam from the Pimp Squad. Uh, we'll have him uh, join us in the studio because I got something else I want to ask him uh, about Richie, and then we'll and then we'll move on. We have uh, Lisa Desjardins coming up later. Uh, the News Hour. Uh, Rachel McGrath, Top Five. Scott Daly. Hello, Adam. How are you today? Good, Rick. How are you? I'm fantastic. All right. I good. don't want to seem too confident. That's all. Just want. Yes. So, um, I'm actually feeling a little neurotic and self-conscious, but it's okay. Then Dave's mission has been accomplished. <laughs> yes. Um. A. Have you heard from Richie last night? Uh, within you know, within the last day, have you heard from him since yesterday? After mm. after the whoring. Well, uh, no, I didn't even get whoring confirmation after the show. I didn't hear from him. I've been trying to get a hold of him. See, it's weird that he would that he would send you a text but not me. No, it's not. Richie, maybe Richie it's not. sends me text messages. Really, is that true? See, he doesn't ever text me. I don't know. Maybe that's good. We have a special bond. We were on the same bowling team together. Oh, that is true. He so, doesn't all right. text me. I don't think I have that mechanism on my phone. <laughs> can you receive? Do you ever send somebody a text and they have such an old ass cell phone you're not even sure if they can receive? I believe messages? I can because I got I got um, a text message. Well, once I checked that it would on my indicate phone, that. Yeah. And it says, uh, "Pardon my life, you kick ass." <laughs> from some, and, and I don't know who sent it. <laughs> And you <laughs> sent you an anonymous message letting you know that you that you are an ass kicker. Yes. Well, congratulations, Tim. So I thought that might be from Richie because he sends anonymous text messages sometimes. Oh, that could it could have been Richie. Who else would I have get, my I phone number? When was him. this? It was. I mean, so recently? Yes. An anonymous message. Well, whatever. Okay. So there's that. Uh, did, that did that unnerve you a little bit? It did because. Of, does it cost me money to receive this? Yes, it does. And how much does it cost for me to look at this? Probably 25 cents. I didn't cents. ask to look at this. It was just there when I turned it on. Yeah. Now, uh, Buzz what? from KUFO is the same where he's got just like a freakishly old cell phone, and I can never, and he's sort of a curmudgeonly old guy too, and, you know, inside, so I can never really tell if he receives any of my text messages or not, so. All right. Uh, hey, so, okay, you did not hear from Richie last night. I did not. Okay, so we'll we'll track him down. And can we talk to, to Lisa? Have you tried to get a hold of him? Did you go right to voice? I have sent him one of these uh, text messages you speak of. Yes. And I have also tried conventional phone calling. There's no response. To no avail, right? Well, because he is, cause, but he said he was, that would almost make sense if it was this morning, because he said he was going to be keeping nocturnal hours. Well, he's got to be, you know, recovering. He was probably. I'll send him an email, too, just to see Oh my gosh! I forgot that I um, that I got an email from him, and so did you, because you're on it too. I don't I don't see it. He's probably icing his back right about now. I don't know. Don't. Why would you say that? You know why? It says the subject is, hey guys. Hey guys. I went to Chicken Ranch, got footage, got drunk. Good night. Me so pooped. Itchy Richie. He got pooped. <laughs> How much did that cost? I don't even know what it means. That's just all. It was footage. Wow. I don't, uh, what, what, what possibly would Fudig be? F-O-O-T-I-G. I don't know. 
Is it some of the kooky slang the kids use? No. I don't, well, everything's misspelled. So well, I well, or is it just Richie hitting his head against the keyboard trying but the, to spell? But the worst thing is itchy Richie. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he, he had that rash going on. All right. Uh, remember he was covered in the rash? Footage? Got footage. Footage. <laughs> Way to crack Richie. the code. F-O-O-T-I-G. Footage. <laughs> well, if you ever look at Richie's websites, his wow. spelling is always second to none. That is... But that raises the bar. I thought it was like a sex act. I, I thought it was like an itchy Carlos or one of those you things that the guys are seriously. I, I guess he didn't have time for spell check. <laughs> footage. F O O T I G. I got footage of the whole thing. I'm going to. Okay, everybody now. Into the lexicon that goes. I am immediately going to be started referring to footage of things. I got some footage of the, of the Yeti. Um, all right. Okay. Oh, God, and Aaron got a text message from Richie around 1030 that just said, yeah, oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Um, that's textual stimulation. Okay, we're going right to break there. here in just a second. Uh, it, also, we got to try to talk to Timmy Ryan today because the, the Timmy Ryan's uh, Ryan's run is coming up uh, next week. Hey, but real quickly, Adam, and be thinking, you don't have to give me an answer now, but be thinking about this. So, uh, in all seriousness, Richie is, is does a lot of great stuff or really busts his ass for us. Uh, and just and has is has really proven himself to be exemplary in terms of getting us guests and even people we thought were sort of ungettable. So what we like to do is, and it's kind of too late to get it booked for next week. But I would like to figure out who Richie would like to talk to. Like who would it, who like who would it excite Richie to sort of have on the show? Is it like a poker guy? Is it Maybe some a musician? Guys. Is He's it always... is it a car guy? It's I mean, probably some like techno DJ from San Francisco or something. But I mean, I would like to try to figure out exactly. You know, uh, I know him, and I can. I don't even. I don't know I who nothing. his heroes are. I think we need to kind of get inside the soul. Because we all made a list of our dream interviews, and yeah. Richie's. I mean, you know, he's proven pretty, pretty good at sort of knocking some of that stuff down. And one of the cool things about this gig is, you know, you get to whatever you get to talk to uh, to Peter, Chris, or you know, whoever. And that's a cool thing. Uh, but I'd like to figure out who Richie is sort of into, and try to get somebody you know like that on the show as a guest, so I can be like, hey, Richie, welcome to the show, blah 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 blah, and then I unveil some guest that Richie would kind of think is cool. So be thinking about that. I will, and if All I right. get in contact with him, I'll try to. All right. I mean, do you want me to? Well, just be, I'm just saying, you know him more than I do. Yeah, but I'm thinking about. It. I don't know who. I don't even know who he admires. I don't know who his favorite artists are. Yeah, I got. He's yeah, sort of an enigma. He is an enigma wrapped in a big Asian man. In fact, if you look at the uh, at RickEmerson.com and the official like the show staff pictures, it says like like you know Sarah Nellen producer Tim Riley news guy you know the Rick host and then it just says Richie Bristol enigma so it's uh, I mean he, that is sort of his thing all right we'll take a break back after this Lisa Desjardins around the corner uh we'll endeavor to talk to Richie Bristol Timmy Ryan coming up uh Rachel McGrath top 5 Tim Riley all that stay there's the Rick Emerson Holding on with both hands today already. Only 38 after. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Okay, you got it. Like, the greatest, dumbest conversation just happened between Adam and I in the hallway. Because I don't even know if we'll get to this today. Uh, I'm holding in my hands today's top five. Uh, we got the uh, top five songs about prostitution. Uh, I say, affecting an East Coast accent. Uh, we will have that uh, coming up later on today. Theoretically, we may not get to it today. Um, it may have to be... Uh, next Monday, because today is a little bit, uh, it's a little overbooked anyway. Uh, but so I got these uh, top five songs about prostitution, and then, um, so Adam comes up to me in the hallway. I don't even want to, 
Adam comes up to me in the hallway and he starts referencing this iced tea song. And he's like, hey, is, uh, is, is, uh, is, is pimping is. What was the song by Ice T you were asking about? Pimping ain't easy, but somebody got to do it. <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was. So he comes and he's like, hey, so was that on the list? And then. Just the greatest, whitest conversation ensued for like a full-on 90 seconds where I thought he was referring to pimpin' ain't easy, anything goes when it comes to hoes, by, uh, by what's his name, by, by Too Short, right? That's the song, you know, the, the Too Short song. And I'm like, you're talking about the Too Short song. And he's like, no, 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 I'm talking about the Ice-T song. And then it devolved into this whole conversation about, um, about, about, uh, about the, what's it, Iceberg Slim? And then... What were you talking about? What was what was the iceberg slim wisdom you were kicking? Well, I said an iceberg slim at one time. Uh, a woman came in and complained. It, a woman of the night, one of his employees, complained it was raining, and he said, uh, "B word, walk between those raindrops and get me my scratch." <laughs> and so, so Adam has now worked that into his own personal philosophy. All Adam needs to know, this he isn't learned. This Adam from... that we're talking to. This is A Train. I'm sorry, A Train. Please forget. I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. And... You cannot start talking. About <laughs> uh, you know, the only person who can really do this is Ian Gordon. Ian Gordon can make it work. I can't. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Everson Show, CNN Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Hi, guys. How's it going? Uh, it's, oh, it's going going great. Uh, go, <laughs> going great, also the name of a fantastic 1980s program on Nickelodeon starring Chris Makepeace from My well, Bodyguard. Band. Wow, awesome. Are you on a speakerphone? This is the deal. You remember um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? Yes. You know? And, you know, and there's a point where the, like, he starts his filibuster and everybody, filibuster, filibuster, and they run into those little phone booths yeah. that are right outside of the floor. I am sitting in one of those phone booths right now outside of the house floor. That's pretty great. Who knows those even still existed? Isn't that great? They do still exist, and uh, with, with pretty good purpose. Someone is very loud next to me. Here, here is what's going on right now. The house has adjourned uh, for August, essentially, for the five-week break that they're taking. But a group of House Republicans refuses to leave the House floor, Excellent. even though many of the lights have been turned off and the microphones have also been turned off. And they have actually brought in uh, very random groups of tourists, including a large group of Boy Scouts, to come sit on the House floor as they talk about energy and demand a vote. I mean, it's, a, it, it's basically a stunt, but it's a very good one. Oh, that's so great. Is there anything better than a good old-fashioned filibuster? I mean, come on. It's now is this a is this an according to Hoyle filibuster? In other words, is this because there's I know there's a whole lot of and and I sort of knew a lot of this before the West Wing, but then there was that great West Wing episode that kind of codified some of the filibustering rules uh, uh, in, in the cultural consciousness. Is this a because you just have to follow a sort of structure when you're going to do a filibuster type thing, right? You know, a filibuster is a strange beast these days, that's for sure. I kind of messed up in bringing up the filibuster example. A filibuster is in the Senate, and so this is actually not remotely a filibuster. Um, so this is just a guy out. talking. It's many guys. The House has shut down. The House has adjourned. The House is not in session. But several Republican House members, I, I counted maybe 15 of them, and the number is growing a little bit, um, have decided to hold the House floor and just speak without a podium, without a microphone, 
just trying to drum up attention. They they wanted the House to stay in session until an energy bill was passed or until there was some kind of progress. And, in fact, they almost did it. The vote to adjourn at one point was 213 to 212, so they lost by one vote uh, to keep session going. Uh, that's not stopping them, though, from standing on the floor. Yeah, I guess you can't really hear. Uh, you can, I can hear the cheers behind me. Here, here's what's amazing, though, Rick. Because of House rules, this, uh, tell me if this gets too tedious, there are very strict rules on what the press can do inside the House chamber. We're not allowed to bring any recording device, no cameras, nothing like that. Same rules, essentially, for the members. So there is no way to actually cover what these guys are saying. We can't record it. We can't take photos. We can only describe it, which is actually nice for radio. But it, it's so everyone in the press corps is trying to figure out how to do this. I'm recording sound from outside of a door, trying to take photographs through windows. It's, it's, it's really wild. It's sort of like the House chamber as run by Judge Lance Ito. <laughs> That's right. And the great thing is for reporters, this is an extraordinary event. You know, this does not happen a lot. We're told it happened. Uh, the Democrats did this during the government shutdown under Clinton. It's very rare, and the great thing is almost no one else in the building really knows it's happening, and dozens of tourists are kind of coming through the, the balconies, the galleries, and kind of just going, huh. Like, they don't, they don't really understand what a unique situation this is. And so it's fascinating. You've got these really riled up house members. We understand one of them actually is serving beer in his house office to keep the troops going. It's uh, sort of, these guys are having a lot of fun. I got a great idea. You know what they ought to do? This seems like something the Republicans uh, could do because they're just sort of ruthless and great in this way. The Republicans ought to build a uh, a two scale uh, duplicate, like a replica uh, of like the House chamber. You know, they, 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 in other words, they, they have to just be building and then. And then they can just be holding all of their speeches there on television, and they construct it. They can construct it to look exactly the way they want. You know what I mean? They, uh, a la, wait, Ocean's Eleven. Right? It, that's exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. They they ought to just they ought to just build themselves uh, an exact duplicate of it, and then they can make it look as though they are just speaking. You know, and they, it allows them to do all the great things of standing in the pulpit and saying, "This is necessary for the future of our great republic." And then they can have thunderous applause behind them. Right, right. I, 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 you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a, you know, they're getting plywood right now. Yes. These guys, and you see this point where politicians get giddy, which is that, uh, which is both kind of, uh, it's very, very entertaining and delightful, also scary, and that is what's going on right now. <laughs> um, I, I know you're probably uh, busy and you got to run here in a second. I, I would be, I, I have to ask you. Uh, if you've seen, and undoubtedly you have, and what your take on this uh, this John McCain, Obama, Paris Hilton, Britney ad thing is. Right. What a mess, huh? I think it's, a, know, it's a great ad, though. I mean, it really is. It's very it's very well put together. I will definitely say that. I'm I'm not, I do not want to ring in on, like, is it good, is it bad? It's it's very, you know, it's, it's obviously an ad that they, you know, spent some money on. Uh, I You know, I think that this route is... Uh, it, it may. I think it just helps John McCain with the people who already like him. I suppose. And, it, I, and I, you go, know, I, I don't think it's a good route for him. It's. I mean, it's. I mean, the thing is, anything from the McCain camp can only really be so hip or stylish, just because they just seem so, in my opinion, so just perpetually stodgy and out of touch or whatever. But the great thing about it, the here's, and you know that I just, uh, I fully embrace just the dark side of myself and all the world. And so the great thing about that McCain ad where they show Britney Spears, then Paris Hilton, and Barack Obama, I love it because it's just such a brass knuckle punch right in the face. 
You know what I mean? I just love it because it's just so, it's just such a knee to the groin. It's just so ruthless. I mean, there's no subtlety at all. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it really is, it is like the political ad equivalent of just some ridiculous flame war on the Internet, uh, where somebody then eventually says, well, you know who else didn't like Microsoft Vista? Hitler, you know, or whatever. And it's just where they just go nuclear, like, immediately. Right. Uh, well, in any yeah. event. All right. Uh, Sorry, I'm distracted by the, the hijinks. <laughs> That's okay. I, I know you're busy. I'll let you go. Uh, I'm just okay. going to relish, though, the image of you in, like, the little phone booth thing all weekend because I think it's fantastic. <laughs> okay, great. Have a good weekend, Lisa. You too. Thank you. There you go. She's such a nerd. All right. All right. Uh... Well, we're supposed to have Richie, and he's well, going to be found. Oh, wait. wait. That's the warm line. Is that going to be Richie Bristol? Let's wait and find out. Adam, is it Richie? We are experiencing a high call volume, possibly from Richie Bristol. What? Not Richie. Not Richie. Who is it? Who is it? I guess we're not going to be told who it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, we're, now we're just sitting staring at the phone. All right. Uh, oh, all right. Okay. Well, I'm going to try hard on not to upset him. Try Richie one time. Try Richie one time uh, while we're here waiting. Uh, and if he doesn't answer, we'll move on. i got other stuff to do. Uh, but I'm just trying to figure it out because we got Richie. we got Tim Riley. we got, uh, uh, let's see, Scott Daly. we got Dan from Pop Culture Zoo. We're going to try to talk to Timmy Ryan uh, about his his uh, jogging thing, which is coming up next week. we got Rachel McGrath. i got these top five songs about the... Are you going to leave a message? Oh, darn it. It sounded like you picked up for a second. The thing is, you just emailed him, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's good to cover all your bases. No, 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 I but really... I'm saying we know he's there. Like, we know he's around. Yeah. You want to yell a message? Yo, Richie, uh, hey, it's like... Uh, Richie, you're, mil- you're killing our show, dude. It's like 11.50. You're like momentum be gone over here. We're just waiting on tenterhooks to find out how your whoring went. Uh, so, uh, yeah, give us a call the, uh, call the warm line, uh, at your earliest opportunity. Just not at 115. Yeah, just not at 115. Uh, we're waiting with bated breath to speak to you and find out how your encounter with the ladies of the night, uh, turned out. So, uh, all right, please call. Thank you. Bye. Okay, goodbye. Yeah, that is all. All right, well, all there right. you go. Well, we'll get to it later. Uh, let's see. Let's just do a few, uh, emails here and then we'll, um, here's what we'll do. We'll do a couple emails here. Was I going to play something into the break? Probably not. Uh, we'll break. We'll come back. Uh, Tim Riley and all that. Uh, let's see. Uh, this was about, um, this was about Richie. Says, Rick, we were asking what sort of a, a guest we would get that Richie Bristol would like. Says, Rick, seems to me that Richie would love to interview a popular porn star, Mike. That's actually not that a bad a idea. idea. Richie Bristol is a porn enthusiast. And you know who could hook that uh, up is our good friends at Taboo Adult Video. All right, fantastic. I'm going to file that away. Um, let's see. See, and now we're just getting a lot of speculation uh, about how his evening went. How do you think it went? Well, I was actually going to say, before we break, we should go around the room real quickly. So, I think, here's here's just my guess. Um, I think, 
And we should do like one bank of call on this, uh, calls on this. We're not going to do, we won't do like a whole segment or a whole high concept thing. Uh, well, let's do one bank of calls on this and keep it clean, please. Is speculation about how Richie Bristol's evening with the ladies went or didn't go or did it uh, turn out the way he wanted or did it not or, you know, whatever. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Let's do, uh, we'll do one bank of phone calls here uh, with your ruminations on how Richie's evening with the ladies went. Here's my guess. And, okay. then, and then we'll ask Adam and we'll get the, your thoughts. My guess is this. I think he showed up. Because there's that whole thing where he wanted the redhead. And then the, she wasn't going to be there. Yeah, and then the blonde girl, and then the black girl. Yeah, and it was like... Politan. But it's like the redheaded girl that... Like, that was sort of the shifting sands of this whole thing. Like, like she was the X Factor, and they kept moving it around. Like, she wasn't going to be there, and then she was only going to be there later. And then he changed the time. I think he showed up. They said, look, we've got uh, the black girl, we've got the blonde girl, uh, the redheaded girl. Not going to happen. She's not here. But you have these other ladies to choose from. I think he probably looked at the other ladies from which he had to choose. None of them really tickled his fancy, and so he just went with the two girls. And it ended up being Richie and the two girls, not Richie and three girls. That is my guess. I think that uh, also it didn't turn out to be a Neapolitan, but I believe that it was Richie and three girls. So you think it was Richie and the two blondes or something and, and and the black girl? Yeah, I think, or maybe he might have settled for a brunette. That's okay. what I would think. Like maybe a blonde, you know, blonde, black hair. So he replaced the, the redheaded girl with other. Yes. All right. I believe, because that was his goal. He wanted to have three women. Does it unnerve you that Richie seems to have this weird thing for redheads? Why? I'm not redheaded. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll do these calls. Adam, how do you believe Richie's evening went? Well, if you ask me, I guess uh, probably um, the pressure of his first sexual experience was too much to overcome and he couldn't <laughs> perform. Okay. I'm starting to think that he might have been overwhelmed with it, too. Well, I mean, especially because, and here's the thing, you know, he wasn't going to drink beforehand, but you know he must have been so, I mean, that's got to make him a little nervous. nervous. And maybe not but even I nervous. I was going to Sherry's Ranch, and in his email he said Chicken Ranch. Yeah, uh, see, but uh, I think he maybe I think he might have been drunk when he was sending you that, because I saw that we have the confirmation email. It is from mm. Chicken, from the from Sher- Sherry's Ranch. So, uh, I don't even know if he was nervous, but, he, you know, you get your adrenaline going or whatever, you get, you know, whatever, hyped up. So I'm I'm bet I'm betting he had a couple drinks to steady himself at least. Mm. All right, we'll do a bank of calls. Hi, uh, let's keep this. Yeah, Rick, I was thinking yeah. the same thing. That sounds awfully phony. This chicken ranch thing. I don't think Richie sent that. I think he got rolled when they found that camera on him. Wow. The, the thing is, if they find you filming, I guess when you walk exactly. in, if you walk in with a camera, they'll probably go, "Hey, that you know, great." They're gonna no, find him in film. dumpster somewhere. And... But I mean, if they find you in the room with the camera running. Uh, that's a thing where you, it's like, a, what does the guy say in casino? He said he was making a, a belt buckle camera. He had that thing in his belt buckle. He was going to... T- <laughs> Don't you just picture Robert De Niro going like, you can take the money and get the hammer or you can get the F out. So oh, you so you think he got beaten down or something. Yeah. All right, excellent. Well, I'm going to put this on beaten down. All right, thank you, sir. All right. Uh, yeah, what if, one of his, what if something happened to Richie and one of his friends wrote pretending to be Richie? Well, that seems... But that spelling could only come from Richie Bristol. That spelling footage is footig. That has Richie written and all over itchy it. itchy Richie. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What, what do you believe happened to Richie Bristol last night? I believe he probably drank too much and perhaps couldn't perform. And huh. maybe ended up waking up uh, waking up in the middle of the desert covered with some kind of jelly substance. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, two more. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What do you believe uh, befell Richie Bristol last night, good or bad? Well, I think it went well. Um, I think that he had it too well planned out for it not to go exactly the way uh, he wanted it to go. Um, also, he spent a ton of dough. I mean, we know that. He definitely had a couple of cocktails. Um, 
but I, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna go out on a limb, write this down, Rick, because he did go, it went swimmingly, it was too well planned out for it not to. All right, and you believe in too much time, effort, and money invested for it, for him yeah, to let it go yeah, south. It's, it's something that if you think about it that far in advance and you plan it and you go to, you go to Nevada with the sole purpose of that being, you know, your week's highlight, it happened. All right, excellent. It's Thank true, you, sir. Richie is the man who gets done, gets it's, things done. It is no, that's true. He yeah. is very goal oriented. Yeah, right. yeah. He was, he was, uh, he was very fastidious in his preparation on this deal. All right, thank you, sir. I mean, yeah. even, thank you. Even around here, like when he did the podcasting and getting guests and the archiving. I mean, he's really, I mean, he's not Scotty. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Uh, we'll do this is the final guest. What do you think uh, happened to Richie Bristol last night, good or bad? I think he probably went at it like a three-legged dog with an itchy belly for like five minutes, and that was it. Three-legged dog with an itchy belly. That is golden, sir. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Have a good All right, day. that's it. Uh, final uh, observation, Rick. My wife. This, this guy says my wife and I were at Nick's last night. Uh, Nick's Coney Island. Uh, Nick's last night enjoying a burger and a beer. The topic du jour at the bar was about Richie and the ladies at Sherry's Ranch. Wasn't what I was expecting to hear, but entertaining nonetheless. So apparently, this was all. Uh, this discussion was all the rage at the. Nick's Coney Island. Hey, I was, yeah, I was at a bar last night, and that's the first thing someone approached me about. They're like, hey, Sarah, best show ever. Richie's helping whores right now. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back after this. Tim Riley around the corner. Later on, Rachel McGrath from Los Angeles. Uh, Scott Daly uh, from Film Fever Radio. Dan from PopCultureZoo.com about Comic-Con. Quite possibly uh, Richie Bristol. Timmy Ryan. Top five prostitution songs and so forth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on AM 970. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Still to come. We'll talk to uh, Timmy Ryan about Ryan's Run. Uh, coming up uh, next Tuesday, I think. I think that's when we figured it out. So I think he's going to be doing it next Tuesday. Uh, Adam, by the way, has already volunteered to go down and, uh, and to keep a very, very careful score of what is achieved and what is not. Uh, but we'll have Timmy on later on to sort of quantify the nature of the bet. Uh, and make sure he's not going to weasel his way out. Oh, you know he's going to try to weasel his way out, but we're not going to allow that to happen. That's not going to take place. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? Well, we, we're, we, we, are still, we are still endeavoring to find uh, Richie Bristol, so we'll, we'll try to track him down. And we're going to talk about the Stations of the Cross thing uh, that I brought in here. We'll get to that in just a bit. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, there were some sizzling steaks today at a Gladstone restaurant as the High Rocks Steakhouse and Pub burst into flames. Uh, apparently, firefighters arrived at the scene of this two-alarm fire. It is at 915 East Arlington Street, and we have no idea how much it burned there. Police believe alcohol and ex- excessive speed contribute to a rollover crash at I-205. Two people hospitalized. Witnesses reported a speeding vehicle heading north. At 2 o'clock this morning, then started fishtailing and rolled over at Northeast Gleason. The driver was thrown from the car and a passenger was taken to a manual with non-life-threatening injuries. 
The ramps were closed for several hours. Do you ever have a weird... Let me, we've talked about this before. When you're driving on the road and you start realizing that if you were just to nudge the wheel a little bit, you go into the oncoming lane. And then you start to think about there's probably some guy heading toward you with the same thought who maybe just got fired from his job and his wife left him and he's been diagnosed with scoliosis. And he's, you know, he's just thinking the same thing to himself. He's thinking, well, just six inches to the left, and all the problems end at once. So that goes on in your head, sort of Annie Hall style. But then here's the other thing. Uh, when, we were, when Laura and I were driving to Kennewick, you know, we don't know, our car's not very big. It's kind of small. Uh, but, it has, but it has that, what do you call it, the good turning ratio or whatever. You know, you just turn the wheel a little bit, and the car turns on a dime. And so we're, we're, you know, rocketing down the, the highway or whatever at about 75 miles an hour. And then you think to yourself, while your hands are at the 10 and 2 position, if I were to sneeze and maybe jerk this wheel just about four inches to the right, I might actually turn the wheel sufficient that the car would just go end over end like a hundred times. And then you start to be really freaked out about it because you're afraid to turn the wheel too much in either direction. That's a thing that only happens to me, isn't it? I think so. I think so. Here's Tim Riley. This deal is brought to you by Life's Auto Collision Specialist. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> Was that aptly placed or what? If Go to Leafs.com and find out what Leafs can do for you. If your car has gone end over end three dozen times on the highway, fulfilling all of your neurotic, paranoid delusions, please contact Leafs. Mm-hmm. And they're a wonderful sponsor today. Yes, they are. Uh, let's see here. I don't know where I want to start today because there's so much stuff going on. Let's see. Huh? Anthrax guy. Well, we'll... An anthrax guy is dead. The scientist commits suicide as the FBI closes in on him. Uh, they were investigating the 2001 anthrax attacks. Remember those way back when? Yes. Also, I remember the uh, the anthrax behind the music, mm-hmm. where because you know behind the music they have the whole uh, where it's the humble beginnings, the rise, success, price of fame, bottoming out, redemption. That's the story arc for every behind the music, except for the Huey Lewis one in which it's just like his life is great and continues to be better every single day. Uh, but if you watch the behind the music for the band Anthrax, they were um, they were like so desperate to try to find some sort of price of fame, whatever, that the only thing they could really find was the Anthrax scare and how that impacted their tour schedule for like three months, and that was about it. So this uh, mad scientist known as Brucey e. Ivans, apparently they they were trying to track him down, and it's too late. He's dead now. He committed suicide. So if he was behind it, well, he took the secret to his grave, didn't he? A bicyclist was hit by a car in throw 138 feet in southeast yesterday afternoon. Officers determined 23-year-old Lance Waddy hit the bicyclist from behind as both traveled eastbound on southeast Stark near 147. The adult bicyclist was known an estimated 138 feet. He has serious but non-life-threatening head injuries. I wonder if he was wearing a helmet. Wait, so this as is... As an adult, perhaps he didn't have to wear one. So this happened where? This happened at southeast Stark and 147. Right, you know what that is? That is right next to one of our brand new sponsors, Supercuts. Perhaps he was on his way to patronize a sponsor. That could be. Yeah, if he was going eastbound, he would be heading towards Supercuts. Seriously, that's like one block away from that. Can I tell uh, I, uh, I met a woman uh, last night at Wednesday 13 who works at that Supercuts. Uh, a, sponsors. B, we found out they're listeners as well, so howdy. Uh, all right, well, there you go. So was it? did it say whose fault it was? It was Carr's fault? I believe it's the car's fault. He was thrown 130 feet? Yeah. That seems like a long way. That is. 138 feet. That's not possible. That doesn't, I mean... Well, somebody must have had a yardstick. That's like being thrown the length of, uh, that's like 20 people. Mm-hmm. 100, and he's, but he's, but he's not dead? I mean, he's just, I mean, I'm glad for that, but I mean, it's just, it's a sound. 138 feet. 
So the car the car must have hit the bicycle, though, not him. In other words, like if a car hits you... He hit the bicyclist from behind. How do you have non-life-threatening injuries after flying 140 feet in Be- the air? I don't know. He was a beefy fellow. <laughs> I don't really know. So, but does it say whether he was wearing a helmet or not? He, uh, no, but he has head injuries, so he probably wasn't. He's uh-huh. an adult. He doesn't have to wear a helmet. That's true, Tim. He's allowed to think for himself as a, as a right-thinking American. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, a, as a person who lives in the land of liberty, he's able to uh, to choose his own destiny. It happened just as we went off the air at 3 o'clock. All right. The state patrol in Washington has reopened the northbound lanes of the I-5 in Tumwater after a, a trek overturned, and there was stuff all over the place, apparently drywall. Hey, have you seen this video on YouTube called Richie's Ass Cab? No. No? <laughs> Well, I just uh, listeners. Something we'd like to see. <laughs> well, I did you I, see the Richie's beer goggles from I yesterday? I suppose it all depends on your predilections. Um, Drunken in beer goggles. No, and see because then I so think I haven't. No, and I haven't. I have. I haven't played any of these videos uh, because a I didn't really know about their existence. Some of them until just now. I get this guy just sent me an email. He's like, hey, aren't you watching? Let's see. Uh, haven't you been checking Richie's YouTube videos from Vegas? He's been posting since he got there. I'm surprised you didn't know. And then he links to this video that is called Richie's, with a Z, Richie's Ass Cab, which I'm supposing is some sort of variation on Cash Cab. Uh, except instead of, you know, winning money, you win Richie's Sexin'. Uh, so, oh, wow, really? I, well, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about I it. I can, I can it's been watched, my life without seeing something like that. It's been watched 17 times already, though, and it just got posted, so... Maybe it, by it, Richie himself. Probably. Check this out! Uh... And the, so I don't really know what else is this. Are you looking at this? Have you seen it? I have his uh, drunk with beer goggles one on. If you look at the drunk with beer goggles, if you look at related videos, it seems like it would also have Richie's yeah, ass. Drunk? No, there's uh, ass cab. Richie's okay. ass cab. You should. Uh, here's the thing. I'm gonna watch I, it. I know that the beer goggles one is clean, but I'll listen to the ass cab. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm watching a little bit of the Richie's ass cab uh, with. Oh, there's just a whole bunch of dudes in the car with him. Of course, I'm watching this with the sound off. Uh, yeah, I don't think we want to hear what they're talking about. Probably not. So, it looks as though... Okay. First of all, it looks like the camera is being operated by the guy who's driving, who's spending a lot of time here looking into the back seat and filming while the car is moving forward down the road. Uh, what is it, Richie driving? Yeah, it's, oh, it's a, no surprise there. So, Richie is both driving and spending lots of time turned around filming into the back seat. Uh, it, while the car is in forward motion, so that's a good idea. Is that his friend Chug? No, that's not Chug. I've never met Chug. Chug is like the Gooch on uh, on Different Strokes, sort of a guy who's referred to but never seen. Oh, we don't need to play this on the air. Is it terrible? Is it profane? No, it's just it's just. Is it just stupid? Yeah. Is it just idiot guys in a car going, "I'm gonna get some"? No, it's just Richie asking a bunch of really weird questions. All right. Do you want to hear him drunk in beer goggles? I don't know. Is it? it but it's clean. Oh yeah. But it's, it's just embarrassing for life. What is it? That when you say he's in beer goggles, what do you... And by the way... Like those, those fake novelty glasses that you can get. Oh, like actual like beer goggles. goggles. I thought yeah. you meant like 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 figurative beer goggles. Like no, he was no. drunk. No, he's uh, drunk. But he's wearing like those kooky goggles. I, th- I think I, that... I'd watch if it was Cash Cab. Would you like to... <laughs> Rich, uh, Rich sorry, Cash Cab. Uh, I need to stop. My brain is working incorrectly. No, the same thing is happening to me. There's something in this room today. Tim Riley, would you like to come look at Richie in beer goggles? If that's all I have to look at. 
<laughs> I don't think it, I don't want to be tormented for life. <laughs> I don't think he I, I don't think he re, uh, he does any sort of unexpected revelation. Well, all right, I'll all right. Take a uh, so I will go ahead and play. So this is Richie Drunk, and and somebody just told me that this is actually in the station website. So that's good. Are you serious? Uh, I think it's at nine seventy dot am. Uh, I would check with Bridget, but she's uh, she's not at her desk right now. She's working on the thing. I think we should play the audio of Richie Drunk though. Okay, go ahead. It's just. Okay, so this is Rick. What are you going to do? Hi! How are you? I'm going to play some poker. What is that? I'm going to play some poker. 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 I'm play some poker. I'm play some poker. Jesus. Let's be done with that. Here's Tim Riley. Well, it was as bad as I thought it could be. No. Uh, police in Washington County looking for a woman who hit seven different cars in Lowell yesterday, then took off. A pregnant woman in one of those cars has minor injuries. She went into labor, but her contractions later subsided. Police upon the SUV that the woman who caused the crashes was driving, but so far no sound of the driver. A witness told police he saw a young lady getting out of an SUV, about five foot seven, 150 pounds, brown hair. Uh, police said that she grabbed a child who was sitting in the car seat next to her and ran into the woods. Now, of course, they can investigate who owns this car, and they have. It's registered to a 24-year-old woman named Jessica Oldride, who has a 16-month-old child. The child was later dropped off at the father's home by one of her friends. Uh, yesterday, we were talking about P.F. Chang's being closed down, and it was closed down due to a neural virus. This after dozens of customers became sick at the P.F. Changs at Bridgeport Village. And that P.F. Changs is still closed uh, because of the illnesses. After State Department workers did some testing inside, they found out it was an outbreak of norovirus. So uh, apparently there was a wide array of dishes that were tried by the diners, uh, families, and friends. And a lot of people did get sick. So uh, that was only one P.F. Changs. And was it noro, like N-O-R-O or norovirus? N-O-R-O. Yes. Why do they bother to list the virus when none of us knows what that means? Just tell us if it's... I mean, closer than you think. My friend Jessica works there. Really? I just hung out with her a few days ago. Uh, see when Maybe they, I'll spread the plague to CBS. I mean, can we... Uh, look, with somebody... Like, you'll hear this thing occasionally, too. Well, this is an amirotoxicity virus. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what that means. Just tell me. There's two kinds of viruses. There's the kind that just keeps you on the toilet, and there's the kind that liquefies your insides and puts you in a casket. Tell me which of, which of those it is. And I'm assuming it's the, it's the former. I'm assuming it's one that is maybe not that bad. So just just tell me whether whether it's going to kill me or not. Do you think it's proper to send an eight-year-old girl to a rock and roll camp? A mother who sent her eight-year-old daughter to a rock and roll camp for girls said she's shocked by what she thinks is an inappropriate uh, amount of material distributed to the young attendees. Mom doesn't want to be identified. She said her daughter returned home with music that contained graphic, violent imagery and lyrics that were both sexually charged and racist. Wait, let me get it. Well, that seems unlikely, but okay, go ahead. Among the items was a tape by the band Bikini Kill that the concerned mom said had sexual content so explicit she was too embarrassed to repeat it. You know, here's the thing. You can either send your kid to a thing called a rock and roll camp for girls, or you can be a tight ass. And you can't do both. An ass and, like, remain anonymous. Seriously, I'm going to... I want to take a stand, but I'm not going to show my I'm going to take, take a stand behind a cloak of anonymity. All right, can I, uh, uh, how do I put this? Uh, there is, uh, someone, someone we know, let's put it that way, someone we know who, yes, who, uh, sent her daughter to the Rock and Roll Camp for Girls, 
And I will say, and I will just say this. So the, she sent her kid to the rock and roll camp for girls, and you know, and I and I got my own thoughts on that. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. The, the upshot of it is, but you know, the, the thing is, like the, the girls go off, and I guess they they learn to rock in some passable fashion. Fight heads off bats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dipping um, on stage and eating. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a slacker just because it's Friday. <laughs> You're giving 110 percent to me. Thank you. Jesus. You never know who might be listening. <laughs> Everything I would say now just seems so boring. Uh, <laughs> anywho. <laughs> so please continue. Is that why you weren't allowed to go see Alice Cooper because of that urban legend? Yes. Yeah. Um, wow. Anyway. Tim Riley's observations notwithstanding, uh, what, I, what, I, what I was going to say is... I'm a very useful employee. <laughs> that is true. Uh, what I was going to say is, though, the deal is you send your kid off, and then they, uh, you know, they learn how to uh, bring the rock or whatever. Uh, but like all of these things, it always ends with a pageant, right? Like, that's not just a thing reserved for Jack Black movies. Uh, at the end, there is a full, like, two-and-a-half-hour-long concert you go to. And because I guess the thing is there's, like... 60 girls at the rock and roll camp, and they break off into groups of, like, four, and which is what? That's 15 bands or something? And then so at the, at the end of the summer camp, however long that is, there's, a, there's a, a show. And you go there, and each of the girls writes and sings, each of the bands writes and sings an original song. And so this friend of ours went, and I guess her kid was, uh, you know, who's, who's actually a pretty decent guitar player, was, was up sort of, like, third or whatever. And she said that... It, she said that just sitting there and just listening to endless groups of, uh, like, eight-year-old girls in bands on stage trying to rock out. Just, she said it was the worst thing she'd ever heard in her life. She said that she just had... And a lot of, like, little devil horns. Totally. Oh, But, God. like, cute devil horns, though. Uh, but she said, sort of, sort, of like, uh, sort of like a satanic Hello Kitty. But she said that, like, her, you know, she stayed and watched her kid's band play, which was, like, third in... And she said she had such pity for any parent whose kid was going toward the end. Like if it was, like if your kid was 16 out of 17 bands. I mean, I think she just wanted to start jabbing out her ear with knitting needles. Uh, you know, about about halfway into the whole thing. So That's two and a half hours. Uh, well, it's how. Yeah, I mean, it just Bender just goes up. Well, I, and I was on Hawthorne the other day, and they because I think they do a series of them because I think there's these camps sort of run concurrently all over the city. And I was on Hawthorne the other day. It was like a Saturday afternoon at like noon. And I went by the uh, Baghdad, and there was a big thing on the Baghdad. So, like, tonight, or, you know, today, rock and roll camp for girls, extravaganza, or whatever. And there's a line around the block of family members who are, like, morally obligated to be there to clap for their kid who gets up on stage and warbles some out-of-tune abortion of a song. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on. So, anywho, so there you go. Something else to look forward to if you're pregnant. Have fun. Here's Tim Riley. So, in other news... This uh, gruesome story out of Canada today. Uh, police have identified the man who witnesses a stabbed and beheaded a passenger. I mean, couldn't they figure that out immediately? There wasn't, like, a multiple choice. They say a 40-year-old Vince Wingard Lee of Edmonton, Alberta, has been charged with second-degree murder. He's uh, appearing in court today. The victim's friends identify the victim as 22-year-old Tim McLean, a carnival worker. Wow, really? Yeah, it's really... Spooky. This is all this is all kinds of icky. First of all, 
How can it be second degree? He killed a guy sitting next to him on a Greyhound bus, sawed off his head with a knife, and walked up and down the during, aisle during of the... A, during a, a showing of Zorro. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Do they show movies on Greyhound buses? I guess they do in Canada. Well, it's, they're not like us. They're socialists. They're not going to do uh, anymore. So the, so the... So he's sitting there on the Greyhound bus, kills the guy in the seat next to him, saws off his head with a knife, and walks up and down the aisle of the Greyhound bus, swinging the severed head, and that's second-degree murder. Mm-hmm. What is it exactly that it is? Do you have to play tetherball with this severed head, if severed head for it to be first-degree murder? What would possibly constitute first-degree murder if that's not it? That is a good question. I guess it was a rhetorical question. Never mind. So, all right. Well, that's unpleasant. In uh, local news, the Oregon uh, Incentive Fund for Bring Movies to Oregon has recruited another feature film to be shot in Oregon. The Disembodied will be shot in the Portland area with photography scheduled to begin in September. They're in the process now of setting up a production office. So it's supposed to be a big film. In other news, let me tell you about Barack Obama. Apparently he was booed. Some people apparently do not like Barack Obama in some quarters. So uh, he was uh, briefly interrupted by some hecklers at a town hall today. One of the hecklers, an African-American man, probably planted there, held up a sign that read, What about the black community, Obama? At the end of Obama's speech, the man who heckled him was uh, one of the first to ask a question. In the face of all these attacks that are clearly being made on the African community, why is it that you have not had the ability to not one time speak to the interests and even speak on behalf of the oppressed and exploited black community in this country? Uh, Senator Obama asked the heckler to please calm down. Excuse me, young man. This is going to be a question and answer session, so you can ask a question later. Let me make my statement. Why don't you all sit down? Sit down. All you got to do is be courteous. That's all. Just be courteous, and you'll have a chance to make your statement. Just relax. Then uh, Senator Obama compliments the crowd. Now, now where was I? Now, hold on a second. Y'all are just all feisty here in St. Petersburg. Isn't it weird? Have you noticed this? Does it seem to you, and I was sort of making this observation with Lisa earlier, does it seem to you that Barack Obama is like an entirely on an entirely different planet than John McCain? You know yeah. what I mean? Like John McCain is sort of down here in the uh, in the terrestrial world, uh, and Obama is sort of like up uh, up in this sort of celestial stratosphere mm-hmm. where he is just so far. I mean, I think it's why none of these McCain attacks are having any effect. Because Obama is just just so off on his own level right now, uh, just in terms of perception and the way he's sort of being imaged uh, for the public. Uh, I'll be curious well, to with see... with bigger audiences, and then when they show McCain, it's like a set for a kid's cartoon show. <laughs> These <laughs> boys and girls have come today to see cartoons. Are there any birthdays in the audience? He's the Bob Keishan of <laughs> politics. <laughs> Let's take the march of death and say hello to Mr. Rabbit. Uh, all right, there you go. Uh, Barack Obama tells a heckler that he responded to a pressure of the African community uh, once before. I may not have spoken out the way you would have wanted me to speak out, which is which is fine. Well, they, wait, hold on a second. I have spoken out, and I've spoken out forcefully. So don't ask again. There you go. Meanwhile, John McCain is sitting somewhere next to a jar of pickles, just trying to look folksy. All right, here's Tim Riley. The city of Los Angeles is holding meetings to decide how to crack down on the paparazzi. Councilman Dennis Zine 
is pushing a plan to create a buffer zone between celebrities and photographers. The city of Los Angeles will lose $150 million, $150 million, if the state takes our property tax and gas tax funds. $150 million means law enforcement, fire service, and other essential services that the city of Los Angeles delivers to its constituents. Why, that's wrong. That's a wrong soundbite. <laughs> And it sounds haunting anyway. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't gonna say anything about it. I was gonna sort of like just let it go underneath the radar and see if people in their heads thought of that context. Well, it's as good as it gets. It's a politician anyway. Uh by the way, this guy's an interesting question about the Greyhound bus beheading. Mm-hmm. Uh he says, and I was thinking about this, how long does it take to cut off somebody's head with a knife that no one had time to say, Hey, look look at that? Like then wouldn't you think somebody go I think are they kissing? No, no, it's something quite different. I mean, it's a little bit sawing. But I mean, I mean, I mean, unless the knife is real big and the guy's neck is real small, it seems like that's a thing you would notice. I mean, it wouldn't. Just, I hate to be morbid about this, but I'm wondering about the legit. It's not like it was done in an like in an abandoned apartment building in the East Bronx or something. I mean, it was on a bus filled with people. I mean, it's been oh, but a lot of people like if you're on a long bus ride and stuff, though, you're like reading a book or, you know, like have your ear, like your headphones on. So you don't really hear the sawing. I guess. That's true. <laughs> I, never, I avoid like whenever I've taken the bus, like or like the Fung Wah between like Boston and New York. I don't look at anybody. I don't make eye contact with a single person on that. All right. Well, I mean, they could throw everyone on the back street into a wood chipper and I probably wouldn't notice. <laughs> Which would have my iPod cranked up and reading a magazine. Totally. It's oblivious. I know how long it takes to get here. Do you hear a faint grinding noise? I don't know. I'm going to turn up my XTC. Okay, do you want to know the difference between first degree and second degree? Yeah. Ah, uh, sure. Okay, don't forget, Canadian law may be different than our law. Because they're, they're communists. Yeah. Well, first degree is premeditation. But in second degree is after you just snap and kill someone. Well, it seems like... I would say that's snap. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I fall down on the snap side of the equation. Wait, well, it took a few cuts before the snap. Even if the... Wow! Even if the uh, you're really you're really coming from a bleak place today. <laughs> is it is it especially dark inside Tim Riley today? There's you're being followed around by a little black rain cloud. Um, the but I mean even if the the okay the stabbing might have been like you know spontaneous, but it seems like the uh, the, the cutting up that's a that takes a little bit of time, doesn't it? Well, whatever. All right, uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth for the love of God. Police in Frazee, Minnesota, say they're getting death threats after killing a bear with a jug stuck on its head. Chief Mike Lorsung said some are criticizing the department because they felt the bear was defensive, since uh, defenseless rather, since he couldn't see because he did have a jar stuck on his head. The actual danger there is with a wild animal, especially one that's scared and hungry. And the area that the bear was in was uh, in an alley behind some buildings, and cornered wild animals are still dangerous. And some are saying, well, it was defenseless because it had a jug on its head. Well, if they ever seen the bear's claws, you know a bear's not defenseless just because it has a jug on its head. Is there anything that screams hick more than the word jug? I mean, there's no there's no context in which you can use the word jug that doesn't make you sound like a rube. You know what I mean? That is an absolute... Anytime you find yourself using the word jug, uh, I mean, that's a, you're, coming, you're coming from a bad place in this country. Yes, many, many people are, are uh, very upset about this. We've been having several phone calls and emails stating that we shouldn't have shot the bear. We should have used a tranquilizer gun. The officer that shot the bear needs to be shot himself and just various other threats because we use poor judgment in shooting the bear. Well, all right, then. Uh, by the way, this guy says, uh, Rick, uh, a guy I work with dined at that restaurant last Friday. His wife ended up sick all weekend into Monday. Uh, as to the kind of illness, didn't kill her, but suffice it today, she was liquefied from both directions. Oh. The more you know. 
All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. This is kind of gruesome. This is from uh, Missouri. A Warrensburg teenager has been arrested after he tried to take a neighbor's toddler, Brandy Norris, and her 18-month-old daughter on their front porch, which he says Rufus Thomas asked for a cigarette, took the girl's hand, and started leading her away from the house. The woman's brother got the child back unharmed. Warrington police say they went to arrest Thomas. He said he took the child because, quote, he wanted to cook her and make her burnt black as he was. Nora said she's shocked by that statement. It was weird. I was just like, why would you say you're going to cook somebody's kid? You don't even know us. And it was like, he said it was a joke, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, it's not a joke when you take off with somebody's kid and then you say you're going to cook them. I think we can all agree on that. Wow. <laughs> Who can argue with such a statement? I like how the, 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 the best thing about that statement is how when the guy says, I'm going to take your kid and cook it, her problem is, you don't even know us. Like as though Once somehow... you get to know us a little bit better, maybe you can put her on simmer. <laughs> how long do I have to know her before I can just use the flambe setting? <laughs> What degree of familiarity is required before we can just go to uh, Cajun style? Here's Tim Riley. Then an 89-year-old Long Island woman was burned to death in her kitchen after her clothes caught fire while she was cooking. Uh, Grace Maduro's daughter-in-law says she heard the family dog bark at their home and went to check and see what was going on. Uh, she found the uh, woman uh, engulfed in flames, and it was a little bit too late. The daughter-in-law also suffered minor burns trying to save her. They don't know what she was cooking or how she was doing it, but they are investigating. By the way, you know, nobody's death is necessarily pleasant, but as long as my obituary does not contain the phrase engulfed in flames, I'm going to put that in the win column. I'm, I'm going to consider that I'm going to consider that a point for the home team. Uh, here's Tim Riley. And then we have this a story from Saudi Arabia that's banning the sale of dogs and cats in the capital in an effort to keep the sexes apart. As every single man knows, walking a dog in a park equals a magnet. Saudi Arabia's Islamic religious police, in their zeal to keep the sexes apart, want to make sure that technique doesn't catch on there. The solution? Banning selling dogs and cats as pets, as well as walking them in public? Yes, this uh, they prohibited this, and it went into effect Wednesday in the Saudi capital of Rihad. And authorities in the city say they will strictly enforce it, unlike previous such bans in the cities of Mecca and Jidi, uh, that have been ignored and failed to stop sales. Violators found outside with their pets... Will have their beloved pooches and other furry companions confiscated by agents of the Commission for the Promotion of Virtue and Prevention <laughs> of Vice. The Commission's general manager, Orthman Van Orthman. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. How do you suppose you arrive at that name? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Orthman Al Orthman. So Al is his middle name. Said the ban was ordered because of what he called the rising phenomenon of men using cats and dogs to make passes at women and pester families as well as violating proper behavior in public squares and malls. If a man is caught with a pet, the pet will be immediately confiscated, and the man will be forced to sign a document pledging never to repeat the act. If he does, it will refer to the authorities. Uh, so uh, this is going on all over uh, Saudi Arabia, our partners in peace. Yeah, I should say, they are the religion of peace, Tim. They are. All right. So no dogs outside the, uh, the Saudi area. Don't ask for any more water on uh, U.S. air, because you're not going to get it. They're going to charge for luggage and a leg room, and also you must pay to drink water in U.S. Airways. They're charging $2 for a drink of water. Are you kidding me? Yes. Mm -hmm. But you're not. But first-class transatlantic passengers <gasps> can select 
They can get free water? No, no, you're not, oh, li- no, you're not listening the, at all. Yes, no, for the first yes time. they are exempt from no, but see, fees. Wait, I'm so confused. I said, are you kidding? And you said, yes. No, I agree with Sarah Dillon. I don't know you what's get, going on. So you, you just have to pay like $1,000 to be bumped to first class, and then you get free water. Yes. Wait, so this is on U.S. Airways. Yes. So in addition to charging for luggage and leg room, they are now going to charge you for water. What happens if I only want room for one leg? <laughs> I don't know. Are, are legs sold individually? Hey, that's a good question. What if you're missing a leg? What if you're missing a leg? Do they, uh, uh, you know, Or what if your legs, like what if you need more leg room but you're a midget? And so uh, by definition, by extension of that, uh, the leg room you need is necessarily smaller uh, than the legroom required by a full-grown person. That's an interesting question, actually. Mm-hmm. Do they have different... Because there's always that thing they want to wheel out where it's like people of size uh, are charged more uh, than people who are slender. You know, they, and they, they can never really do that. I mean, they will do that eventually, but they always sort of threaten to do it. And people with two bags are going to be charged more than people with one bag. What if people got a whole lot of leg and then other people are just all stumpy? Uh, I, wonder if there, I wonder if there's going to be some sort of a price differential there. Also, so... When you say they're going to charge for water, do you mean like if you say like hey, when they come by with a beverage cart yeah. or whatever? Mm-hmm. See, this is why, you know. But here's the problem. Cheap and thrifty people are going to try to drink the water that's in the bathroom. Well, and remember we... They're going to be poisoned. Do you, if you remember, Tim, there was a whole discussion on this program because I am one of those people. Do you but remember? the airline says, frankly, that's just not classy. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say that? Yeah. All right, whatever. Because what's classy is charging me to drink some water. Um, no, I have been that guy uh, where I've gone into the bathroom and and consumed the water out of the tap in the in the air, and, and then everybody called up and screamed at me about it. And I was pointing that it's pointing as just tap water, uh, which I don't think is is too unreasonable. And I have no like you know if there's bottled water around, I guess I'll drink it. But if there's just tap water, I'll drink that too. Mm-hmm. Like I've, and I guess maybe that's just I've just never. I have never really minded tap water wherever it's from, so I can already tell, though, that you're horrified that you would never drink. You would never. Would you? Let me ask you this, Tim. If your only choices were to, A, be ravaged with thirst for a two-hour flight. I have been. Or, B, to drink water out of a cup that was placed underneath the cold water tap in a bathroom, uh, 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 in an airport, an airplane bathroom, what would you choose? I can wait. So you would not do it? I have. All right. Well, uh, but I but I just skipped the metal man. I mean, we've talked about this before. I was buy like the big ass thing of water, and I just stick it in my bag and take it on the plane with me, which they will now inevitably crack down on because they want to preserve their preserve their profit margin. Mm-hmm. But I but I already take my own water on the plane because it's like they just because they're never there. They never come by with the water when you want it, and then they just bring you like the water shot, and then you just continue to be parched. So, all right, sounds a bitch. I always just take water water bottles from. I steal from the airline. You just like, from looking. the cart? Yeah, no. Like when yeah, you go back to the bathroom? From the cart and from the back. No, I take anything I can get my hands on. <laughs> Good for no, you. No, because like, they, they charge so much, so if I see a bunch of water, even if I'm not thirsty, I'll just hoard a bunch of stuff and walk back to the bathroom and just give it to people. Excellent. So you were sort of, so you're like a Robin Hood, taking from the airline and giving to the other people in like the aisles next to you. Bastards. Excellent. Well, you know, as Abby Hoffman said, it is wrong to steal from your brother, but it's wrong not to steal from the man. So, uh... Well, you know, it, well, that's like, uh, you know, Lara does the thing. You know what she does that with? She does it with coffee in hotel rooms. 
if we go to a hotel room and there's like you know there's a little coffee pot thing there that has like the like the instant or the the, the pre-portioned bags of coffee that we don't use it right in the bag she takes it home awesome so and well, you all these are just bs anyway because like you pay like i'm going to new york i bought my ticket like why do i have to carry like two dollars for water five dollars for vodka you know whatever and well but see vodka is another thing like vodka and water are sort of different animals to me the concept of charging you for water water's ridiculous well especially because you're on a plane and you can't leave like that's the thing like it would be one first of all water is not a luxury item it is in fact a necessity for human existence and existence of all carbon-based uh, life forms secondly it's not like if you want to pass on paying for the water. I would like some clarification on this. Because, so are they saying that if you were then on a plane, again, it's not like you can get off the plane and go down to the, you know, like go down to the corner of fountain and get yourself some water. If you're on a plane and you don't have the $2, is this that they will then not give you liquid of any kind? All right. Um, uh, I mean, unless you're lying on the floor with your tongue wagging or something. <laughs> Unless you're distended. Uh, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back after this. It's 503. I think I need some coffee or some acid. I got this headache that just will not quit today. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't go anywhere. Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, CNN radio correspondent Rachel McGrath. Uh, Scott Daly from Film Fever Radio. Dan from PopCultureZoo.com with the Comic-Con wrap-up. Uh, top five songs about prostitution. You know what we just sort of stopped doing with our sound clip inventory? Oh, yeah. I want to hear some more. we got to do that because... And you know why we got to do that? Uh, because we used a bunch of these... But not really as often as, let's see, we've got the, like, uh... Let's see, what do we got here? Hi, it's Corey Feldman from the new DVD, The Lost Boys, The Tribe, on AM 970. There you go. And I think he says Solid State Radio at the end, but yeah, I heard how, it. Cool, how cool is that? Ooh, my microphone sounds so much better. Wait, hold on, how about this? Hi, it's I'm Corey Feldman from the new DVD, The Lost Boys, The Tribe. Here's the number to call. Yeah. That seems like, that seems like a little bit of that, uh, everybody got that same liner. I don't know, even know what this one is. Hold on a second. Hey, oh. it's Corey Feldman. My new movie, The Lost Boys of Tribe, is in stores now. For more details on how you can win a copy of the DVD, keep it locked right here on AM 970. Yeah. Keep it locked right keep here. Keep it locked right Crank it up. All right. Rick, can you hear the processing now? I can. Your microphone it's sounds genius. much brighter. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Matt Green came in in the studio because Tim's microphone got fixed the other day. Sounds fantastic. Mine sounds good. Uh, yours was a little muffled. Mine's been totally muffled. Yeah, no, you sound much no, brighter. and really clear. Tight, bright, and out of sight, Sarah. Uh, we got this email. We'll talk to uh, Timmy Ryan later on because next Tuesday is when he's going to be doing this whole speaking, which can you sweeten my mic ever mm -hmm. so slightly? Thank you. Uh, next Tuesday you is when... You have envy now. I do. Uh, next, because it's like the bright, shiny object, mm -hmm. see? Now it's like your microphone has been adjusted. Now I feel like mine's got to be adjusted ever so slightly. Um, so next Tuesday is when Timmy, I think is, we're going to have him do this, this jogging thing. Uh, because he was, and I, you were not here for this. This happened on Tuesday when he was filling in for you. Oh. When Timmy was going on, as he often does, about how he's the healthiest person in the building. And he's a vegan, even though he 
it was like a, shoving voodoo donuts into and his he face the other day. He was so hungover and just <laughs> looked really He just sickly. looks sickly. Doesn't he look like his kidneys and liver aren't aren't working at all? The, the, the blood isn't flowing properly in his body. <laughs> like it's just pooled up in his various extremities. Just sort of, I mean, he, I know it just, now see, now it just sounds like we're reaming on Timmy again when he's not here. But he looks, he, he always, when we talk about him. He, he always seems to be covered in like a sort of viscous sheen of, of death. You know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of a... Don't you get the feeling... It's like that Simpsons where Homer shaved off his 5 o'clock shadow, but like 30 seconds later it was back. Uh-huh. Don't you get the feeling if you were just to give... Let's all picture this now. Timmy Ryan a good showering and scrubbing and you just towel him off and get him all fluffy and clean. Within about 15 seconds he'd just be oily again. I mean, it just sort of seems I'm, to just exude from him. I'm interested to see him and like actually moving. Because he kind of shuffles down the hallway. I can't picture him running ten laps. Alone. What with the sedentary lifestyle and all. Yeah. Um, so, but I have noticed, have you noticed this? That is, that is sort of an, a constant state of being with all the Pim Squad members. Because Richie just comes in, you know, just looking like something the cat yacked up about half the time. Uh, Timmy, enough said. And then even Adam, like I was looking at Adam today and... Adam just sort of sits there with a thousand-yard Tim McVeigh stare on his face, just sort of gazing in the middle of the distance. Adam does and kind of have a serial killer look. He does. Like, it's just a, a... Like, there's always some deep battle raging within his soul that he's being distracted by, but he has to sort of, uh, you know, feign social integration for the rest of us. No offense. Um, so, in any event, it, we got this about uh, Timmy Ryan, because Timmy made this bet, and we're going to quantify the bet later on today, that he could run ten miles in... It doesn't even make any sense that he can run 10. This is just ludicrous that he could run 10 miles in two hours, but 16 miles in two hours and 45 minutes. That's just completely insane. That doesn't even that doesn't even scan. Uh, Anyway, he says, Rick, after hearing Timmy Ryan's numerous 10 mile runs around town, I began to wonder how exactly this is a great question. How exactly he calculates his exact distance every time he goes out jogging. Here are the plausible and not-so-plausible scenarios. One, Timmy wears a pedometer, which accurately calculates his distance while jogging. Two, Timmy goes out running for a certain amount of time, gets home, and arbitrarily slaps an impressive distance on his run, like 10 miles. It's always 10 miles, too. Like he just sort of runs. It's never like seven and a half miles. It's like I just ran ten miles yesterday. And unless he's really gotten in the car and used the the odometer on his car to calculate his distance to some fixed point, which he then uses as some kind of a jogging landmark, which seems like way more work than that guy's going to be putting into it. Uh, that seems like he like he does. He just goes home and goes, well, that was about fourteen miles. Uh, three, Timmy has come up with his own version of a distance calculator. For example. Every four drinking establishments Timmy passes is considered a mile, or every five hot chicks Timmy sees and thinks he can bang is equal to a mile. I'm leaning more towards the second scenario, but haven't completely ruled out the third yet. Uh, that is Dan in North Portland. So uh, I think we're going to talk to Timmy as we get close to the uh, 2 o'clock hour. This, however, is Tim Riley. Cell phone calls on planes and flights are not only unsafe, they're obnoxious and should be permanently banned. So say members of Congress. One member talked about a passenger sitting next to him who got a Dear John phone call from either his wife or sweetheart just before takeoff. The begging and pleading was just terrible to listen to. Finally, the plane was ready to take off. The plane attendant threatened to have U.S. Marshals drag the man off the plane unless he put his phone down. Yeah, but the thing about that is, is we all know my observations about the scientific inaccuracies in this claim that cell phones can interfere with the plane, which they cannot. That being said, no one follows the rule anyway. That was the other thing I was going to say. Because as soon as they say, 
Uh, we, uh, Captain, we've, uh, well, we're going to begin our initial descent into San Diego. And local time is one. As soon as you hear, the, as soon as you hear that, ladies and gentlemen, and you know it's immediately, everybody takes out the plane, uh, takes out the cell phone, begins checking their, their messages, is sending a text or whatever, which then leads me to this question, technically speaking. How, I mean, has anybody here, does anybody here know if a cell phone do, even works at like 30,000 feet? I'd be fascinated oh, to know if that even. Be, I don't I even, have my phone on usually. But I mean, does and it, it, you know, it doesn't have any signal. So I would be curious to know exactly how that works. Like cell phone towers. Do is, you ever think about that? Okay, I know this is uncomfortable. Your microphone sounds fantastic. It, it does. Keep speaking. But like on okay, so like Say on chili dog. when all those people were calling from the planes, I mean, they were in the air. Right. I mean, at, right. That's what I think too. And there was like, well, you can't use your phone in the plane. It's like, well, these people were calling from the plane. Right. That's what I've always wondered about because I haven't ever been able to use my phone. On a plane, because it like a signal never picks up. Well, I think they must have. Well, maybe it has to do with uh, distance, or maybe wherever you are, or maybe because I, I don't know if it's the shielding of the actual planes, but that wouldn't make any sense either. That it's the shielding of the plane, because again, people do it on the tarmac. You can sit there and you be checking your phone, you're checking your email or whatever while the plane is still sitting there. That's a good question. I wonder how high up, or does it have to do with what part of the country you're in? Like if you're in a like if you're over a metropolitan area, maybe there are more cell phone towers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are over perhaps like a like the flood, the, the badlands, uh, perhaps you are perhaps there's fewer. And I don't know how cell phone signals work. Like I know, like with radio signals, like FM signals are line of sight. AM signals follow the curve of the earth. Uh, but with cell phone signals, do they just radio? Here's another thing. Do you want to think about something freaky? By the way, if you're stoned, this will out a campaign to encourage people not to go anywhere. Travel has become so expensive and unpleasant that it's hard to understand why people don't stay home. Why, why did this just begin happening? Highways and airports to get some I just started else? is Andy Rooney is anybody else hearing Andy Rooney? I am too. I don't hear anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Huh? I don't even know what I was going to say now. Uh oh, here was this is going to be my observation. Here's something that'll freak you out and if you're stoned this will terrify you. So, I think about this all the time. Uh, that no matter, how do I put this? Okay, so if you have your cell phone with you in your hand, and I call the number, and you're like, let's say right where you're sitting right now, and I call the number, it's going to ring. If you walk down the street, I call the number, it's going to ring. If you go to California, I call the number, it's going to ring. If you move 15 feet to the left, I call it, it's going to ring. You know what that means? That means that when I, that means that every like single inch of the country is being bombarded with your cell phone signal. Because the phone, they don't know where you are. They have no idea where your cell phone is. Not like it's a GPS. They don't know. So it, when I call your number, it just hits every square inch of the United States with that signal. Now here's the other thing. Because they don't know where any cell phone is, that means anytime anybody makes any cell phone, it just hits the entire country with like a little, wave or whatever like a little a little the cell phone signal for that phone that means even as you stand there right now you're just being bombarded with cell phone signals for like 50,000 telephones every single second of the day well it's roasting you from the inside exactly it's turning your blood to stone why are you talking about that it freaks me out I know, all the time well thanks rick thanks for putting that in my head now you know what i'm not going to think about that alone we're all going to suffer together so that's think about you are just being and it's not just cell phones it's like cell phones it's satellite dishes you are being bombarded with i would say conservatively speaking 50,000 of those things every second so think about that 
Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, sir or madam, as the case may be. Uh, is this me? Yes, hello, sir. It's you. How can I help you? Hey, uh, this call is flawed for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I'm trying to defend Timmy Ryan, and Adam already pointed out that you probably can't count high enough or be smart enough to do this. But uh, you can track running pretty easily using Google Earth and or Google Maps and kind of tracking a route. But I have to, what do you mean? Oh, you mean, in other words, looking at your starting point and your stopping point and seeing how, how long it is. Yeah, and I think even Google Maps now has where you can do that by walking, like directions by walking now as opposed to driving. There's an option for that. Does so, it strike you as something that Timmy Ryan would really take the time to do, this this scenario you just described? Like I said, I don't know Timmy Ryan, but Adam pointed out very quickly that he can't count past five and he's not <laughs> smart enough to use Google Earth. He's a musician. He can't, can't, he can't count past four. So, okay. all right. No, he probably not. Did you have anything else, sir? Uh, yeah, just one more thing. I see it. I saw I that one coming. See, for <laughs> once, I saw it coming. And here's the other thing. I don't think he was planning on that until I said, do you have anything else? Mm -hmm. I think that was an ad hoc decision. I really think we should, since we can't find Richie, we really need to get Timmy on the phone today. Uh, we will be speaking with him. I excuse to which she's going to try to, you know. Boy, you know, can I tell you, Adam does a great Timmy Ryan. He really does. We need to have him do it. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hi there. I wanted to uh, okay, tell you a little bit about cell phones on airplanes. Yes, sir. Well, for one, I'm, I'm a student pilot, so uh, um, I have a little bit of knowledge on this. One one reason that you could hear the uh, people talking like a 9/11 mm -hmm. from their cell phones is because the planes were kind of low to the ground. So it, it kind of works like if you're within a mile or two of a cell tower, your phone works. Same same deal if you're a mile or two vertically from it. So that's like, and so that'd be around 10,000 feet. Sure. Okay. So, and, and in fact, just to disprove the fact that it's dangerous to run a cell phone in your airplane, my flight instructor just got these new David Clark headphones that have a plug-in for your cell phone. Right. Well, see, because I think it's just an American thing, too. I think in other countries, they don't necessarily have the same rule. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's just, it's crap. It's just, you know, it's just, an, as George Carlin once said, it's just another way to F with you to remind you that they can F with you. That is correct. Right. By the way, uh, Timmy Ryan is a douchebag. Bye. All right, thanks. Thank you. That's also the pilot just called and said that it's total BS. Yes. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, let's. Uh, what else do we have here? Let's do a few more of these, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll, then we'll move on, and we'll have Adam come in later and do his uh, Timmy Ryan impression. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello, it's you, sir. Hey, uh, yeah, this is Skip. I, I actually uh, once forgot to shut off my phone, and I, and it rang when I was in the air. How far so, up were you? Uh, well, it wasn't that. I, you know, I can't really tell you. It might have been a uh, uh, little after takeoff. But I mean, but that's pretty. It was now. Did it? Uh, what was your immediate sensation? Were you surprised, excited at the idea that your cell phone could get reception at that range, or were you afraid they were going to come and give you a good thumping? Yeah, I was afraid they were going to come and give me a good thumping. Ah, excellent. <laughs> All right, thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Oh, by the way, Kristen Bowie is weighing in on Timmy Ryan. She said, my doctor's office is in Tigard. That is 11 miles from my house. Timmy cannot run that far. What is, what's 11 miles from here, would you say? What, do you, what would you say is a, a, something we all kind of know that's around, Vancouver? let's say, 10? What would you, how far, how many miles? It would only be like 8 miles. Cornell Road. Where is that? On the west side. I realize I'm asking this now and I'm the world's worst person with directions. What about like Woodburn? Yeah, that would be. He runs to Woodburn in in two hours. Uh, she says there's no way, maybe five, maybe none, but I bet none, because if he had to run that far in Converse, he would run never again, ever, ever, ever. What if he only ran downhill? But no, it's not even a one-time <laughs> thing. He runs it all the time in his Converse. Seriously. I mean, he would just be coming to work in a wheelchair. Uh, he'd just be all crutched up. 
My friend Amber broke her arches. Like, yeah. Oh, see, I don't even... When you use that phrase, it just makes me her cringe. Arch, yeah, when one of her feet, her arch just crumbled because she wore Converse. Crumbled! So I don't want to think about my foot crumbling. Why would like, you... All of a sudden, it just gave out. Ah! <laughs> Stop it! And it turned to dust. <laughs> but it didn't happen all at once. Yeah, it just happened. She was just walking one day, and Snap. all of a sudden, it was just like... Oh. And her, her foot just went from that to bam. Did that hurt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never had it happen. Oh. Yeah, she's never. She does not wear the flat Converse anymore. Oh, uh, is she now a flat foot? No, no, it's healed now. I, I, but you know, come think of it. Can you heal? How would you even heal that? I don't know. Well, and what does it look like when your arches fall? I, she had a cast on. I didn't get to see it. See, that's the thing is that's one of those things that freaks me out so badly. But it's like I almost want to watch it. Like I almost want to see what it looks like. Uh, our good friend uh, Tom, the tech man. Hello, sir. Hey, Rick, how you doing? What, what's up with the... Okay, so are you calling to clarify this business of the cell phones? I am. All right. Now, cell phones work below a certain altitude because of because the signals aren't designed to go up in the air. Right. But the original... There were two reasons for the ban in the first place. One was that older planes that don't have shielded cabling in them, mm-hmm. you can cause interference. Much like how if you take a, a phone and put it next to a set of speakers... You'll hear clicks when it gets a call or tries to check email. That sort of thing would come through the headsets for the pilots and screw up the navigation system. So I could, so if I really had like a strong request for the pilot, I could just say it on my cell phone, and the likelihood it might just go right into his brain. It, that's it's possible. Excellent. All right. The other part was that for the longest time, uh, if you were using your cell phone, it would be connected to multiple towers at the same time. Mm-hmm. And when you would do that, you would get charged multiple times because each tower would record your call as as counting on your minutes. So you'd get five or ten times your charge okay. for a five minute call. So, but so that but now it just it figures out exactly where you are. Like it has a sort of like a word. Does it? When let me ask you this: When you're walking around with a cell phone, does it sort of check in constantly with the network and let the network know where you are? Yes. Okay, that makes yeah. sense actually. Yeah, yeah. You, when you when you make a phone call. Or when you're when you've got your phone on, the tower knows where you are and what tower you're connected to. It sends that back to the to the company's central office. When you somebody dials your number, that call goes to the central office. The central office says, "Oh, he's on this tower." And sends so it. I may be saturated with only thousands of cell waves every moment, not tens of thousands. Well, actually, it's not even that because they don't. The cell phone and the towers are not always sending information. Ugh. All right, all right. It still freaks me out though because I just picture I picture just tiny cell phone shaped tumors just growing all over my brain. So, all right. Stop it, Rick. Thank you, my friend. You're the talking about crumbling arches, you damn woman. Uh, by the way, you're listening to KCMD Portland, the home of comedy. Uh, let's see here. Um, what are we doing here? Uh, hey, here we go. From your studios to Northeast 181st Avenue. That's 10 miles? It's close to 10 miles. So the idea that Timmy is running from here to Northeast 181st in, in Converse All-Stars. Well, people in Northeast are used to see people running. <laughs> Screaming and bleeding. Ugh, All right, Jesus. so if he ran from Portland, right from uh, where I-405, right where um, Highway 26 is, like right in Portland, down to Tigard, down I-5, that's about 10 miles. Yeah, that's that's not half. And much less 16. I don't even know what 16 miles would be. 16 miles would be in Wilsonville. <laughs> 60, I mean, yeah, I mean, 16 miles, yeah, from here all the way to 181st and halfway back again in two hours and 45 minutes. There's just no way. So, all right. Um, let's. Uh, hey, uh, Adam, can you join us in the studio for a second? 
All right. And... Okay. Uh, and then we're still and then we're still trying to track. No, we only got two hours left to find Richie. If we have to I'll wait till Monday, again. seriously, if, if we have to wait till Monday it's to find out, spoil everything. I, it's just uh, we'll have to send be, them back another trip. Send a whole weekend being all sullen and besmirched by the whole thing. Uh, hello, Adam. Hello. All right. Uh, hello. Uh, first of all, you do a. Uh, I don't know if this is intentional, like a thing you've been honing, but you were doing like an ad hoc Timmy Ryan yesterday. That was really good. Can you do? Can you give us a little bit, bust out a little bit, uh, a little Timmy Ryan? Do you remember what I was saying? Because no. I've never heard anyone say that, and I don't have like a. Let's see here, but I can. Okay. Um, well, you might want to pot his mic down ever so slightly. Like this is. Yeah, this is gonna get spiked. Um. Give me Timmy. Okay, do this. Give me, give me Timmy Ryan talking about how he's a vegan and the healthiest person in the building. I'm Timmy Ryan, the healthiest person at CBS Radio. No, it's. No, oh, what? No, it was much better yesterday. Well, I, I have different variations on it, but um. Usually. I think he needs to be amped up to be Timmy Ryan. Maybe uh, you can't run 10 miles. Why don't you think about Timmy Ryan saying how, how um, what a drunken guy you are and how much better looking he is than you. <laughs> Adam's pathetic. I have a nose that is more handsome than his whole face. There's a little something there. You're, the, the, you've got a sort of pinched quality to it that's good. Give me some time to work on it. Right. Take it to the workshop. Go out and woodshed that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I apologize for failing that's to okay. meet your request, Not but uh, I'm going to go try to find Richie. Uh, yeah. And uh, what are we talking to Timmy when? Uh, like, what did we say? Like, two-ish? Two-ish, yeah. Two-ish. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, towards the beginning of the 2 o'clock hour. That would be fantastic. Excellent. Thank you, sir. All right. And Dan will be here at 2, too. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, I don't even know what these calls are. Do I dare pick one up? Sure. Mm-hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you, sir? Madam, is the case maybe? Hey, Rick. Um, first of all, uh, Tim Riley is on fire today. Yeah, he- no, he really is. Tim is, yeah. uh, Tim is, I think, and also uh, coming from a uniquely uh, embittered place uh, for today's newscast, which is wonderful, by the way. One of the things it we works, love it about it. It works very well. Yes, it does. Uh, and also, I think that uh, Timmy Ryan should be forced to run until he's finished, not just oh, we reach the two hours. <laughs> that's he needs a, to finish it completely. That's a great idea. That, ten miles. Also, ten miles is from about Lloyd Center to Delta Park and back. No, oh, yeah, that, that ain't happening. No, I I love that idea. Um, <laughs> the, the idea that it's just a death march. Then it's just like, then he just has to go, can I be done now? No, keep running. I will take work off and watch that. <laughs> oh, that's, I think many, many I think productivity is going to slow to a crawl. I'm so bummed out that we're going to be here. I know, <laughs> don't you wish it. we could be watching it? All right, that's a great, what is your name, sir? Scott. That is a great idea, Scott. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Rick. All right, this guy says, we know that Timmy Ryan is a liar. 11 miles in primitive canvas shoes. If that were true, he'd be running on bloody stumps by now. Uh, how about this one? Here's another observation about Timmy Ryan's lack of truth-telling ability. Rick, let's not fool ourselves. Everyone who listens to your show knows that Timmy is a compulsive liar. Example, on Tuesday, Sarah caught Timmy picking his nose. Oh. Yeah, no, it was like knuckles deep, too. Oh. Uh, here's, here's how the conversation... I don't doubt that. He's, he's, don't you, here's the conversation that happened. Sarah, digging for gold over there? Timmy, no. Sarah, I saw you pick your nose and look at your finger. Timmy, no, I didn't. I was just looking at my finger to make sure nothing was on there. Classic liar psychology, Rick. Lie, then admit the truth while adding a new lie. Best show ever. Chris in Multnomah Village. And he totally does that. Like, it was the other thing. Okay, here's another thing, Tim, just so you can add this image in your head. I'm really warming to the subject now. Just so you can have this image in your head. So, not only was he, like, two knuckles deep in his right nostril, and then, like, I wasn't. Well, I was, but here's why. Not only did he do that, I look over. 
I swear to you, hand in his pants, just scratching like there's no tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> and then I said, it was, and it was like a variation on the same conversation. I said, are you scratching yourself with your hand in your pants? No. And then I said, I just saw you, like, scratching like some sort of a, a, a rabid wildebeest over there. What are you doing? He goes, well, I was just, I, I have a mosquito bite or whatever. He said, I've been looking for my car keys. Like, it gets the same thing. Deny, then admit with some sort of a new fabrication on top of it. So, Jesus, God. And then, did I mention that Richie's covered in a rash? No. All right, he's covered in a rash. And it's 106 degrees in Vegas, and he probably still hasn't bathed because the bathtub is full of beer. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's not talk about the airlines for a while. I'm talking about cruise ships, shall we? Just to change the subject a bit. More than 40 passengers on a cruise ship were injured when it was hit by a storm off New Zealand. Apparently, uh, most of the passengers were on the top deck with a big plane slammed into the ship, throwing them around like human rag dolls. It was like being in a disaster movie, said other passengers. Many people screamed and cried when the storm hit just after dark when they were sitting down to dinner. The tables were bolted down, but nothing else was, and everything just went flying. <laughs> people were trying to hold on to things wow. just to keep safe. Jesus. Others told of flying crockery and glasses and sliding furniture as the ship rolled in the heavy seas. Jesus. The storm's wind and pounding rain whipped down uh, trees and cut roads in half and destroyed farmland. One person even drowned. Uh, the cruise ship uh, admits there is some internal damage. <laughs> well, that's nice, though. I, you know, can I just most suffered cuts and bruises. Some required stitches. I... All were elderly. Uh, oh. I I saw the Poseidon Adventure when I was a kid, and that movie so eternally scarred me. The, the Poseidon Adventure so warped me. That movie me. scared the crap out of me. I saw it when I was a kid too. It's an unbelievably terrifying. It is horrible. I mean, I can't believe my dad let me watch it. Did he? How old were you? I, I was. Not that old. Like, probably nine or ten. Way to go, Dad. Is that an Irwin Allen film? I believe so. Boy, that guy. The scariest movie. I gotta be tied up and beaten <laughs> for inflicting that movie on me. Because I'm, I'm not a big fan of the water anyway. And just the whole notion. And it seems so plausible, too. Just that... It's that, that creaking of the pan. It's that. That it's the, dying. it's the creaking of the metal. On a ship. That's what I cannot take. Yeah. See also Titanic. See when also the halls when he's trying to find when she's trying to find Jack. And it, uh, yeah, and you're just like sitting there, like the groaning of the metal, and you're just like I don't need this in my head. Uh, by the way, Rick, here's some relative distances for Timmy's quote: ten miles. Uh, yeah, I need to give us sixteen miles because that's how long he, he's going to run. Yes, yeah, sir. Someone do someone do that. Uh, this guy says uh, from the station across the Ross Island Bridge down Powell to 82nd, then back to the station is 10 miles. So from here to the Ross Island Bridge to 82nd and back is 10 miles. How about this? One-way run from the station to downtown Vancouver. <laughs> and then he gives a link to the, to the map showing that that is, in fact, the case. And he notes something that is probably true. I know instinctively inside myself this is probably the case. He says Timmy probably thinks... Uh, that a city block, you know, or two is about a mile. He's probably uh, vastly underestimating how because a mile is a lot longer than you think. That's the thing. How many feet is it, Rich? It's uh, five thousand two hundred and eighty. So a mile's not long. It's a mile long. Well, I mean, it's it's all relative. I mean, <laughs> it's a mile of feet, Tim. It's. What do you mean a mile's not long? That statement doesn't even mean anything. Uh, a mile is not a long distance. 
Compared to what? I mean, the two miles. That's such a weird relative. That is a weird thing to say. That's a weird sort of. You're freaking me out. It's like a weird Zen philosoph- philosophical life. So Timmy's gonna have to run eighty-four thousand four hundred and eighty feet. <laughs> All right. Let me get back to this business of a mile not being long. I mean, I can't even say that that's wrong. That just. It, it is there's not a long no, distance. There's no surface on that statement. I can't grab it. Uh-huh. That's like saying. I don't know what that's like saying. That's like saying, that's like saying salt isn't 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 salty, tasty. I mean, there's just nothing. I can't. You've broken my brain with that statement. All right. Well, what oh, would forget I said it. I'm just. I'm just. But I guess what I'm saying is, I think because we are living in a vehicular society, mm-hmm. people believe that a mile goes by like that, and maybe it does if you're driving. But if you are walking. Uh, you know, if you're going to walk a mile, that takes a, you know, in someone else's shoes or your own, that takes a little bit of time. I do it easily a couple times a day. Well, but you're no Timmy Ryan. You're in shape. You're you're not a sickly vegan who's filled with grief and hate. Uh, That's true. All right, here's, here's Tim Riley. I am a vegan, and I do have hate. Yes, no, that is true. But, yeah, but, <laughs> but you're grease-free. No, but, you, but, you, uh, but you are a finely tuned machine, Tim Riley. Well, I try to. Finely tuned and cancer-free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A young girl's skin is turning to stone. As she suffers a rare incurable disease, this uh, disorder means Hope Berry's uh, Hope Berry's body produces too much collagen, causing her skin to tighten and harden and turn to stone. And because of this, she had to give up one of her passions. She used to love to play the violin, but you can't with fingers of stone. Uh, she suffers from this disease that starts out with poor circulation of the fingers, and then progresses and thickens the rest of the skin. It may also spread to her organs if you can visualize that. The hardening of the skin makes it difficult to remove fingers, toes, even open her mouth. It can even form scar tissue around internal organs. You know, Tim, this is a lesson not to take your health for granted. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's true. For granted! Whatever. Are there pictures? This story no. is useless without pictures. <laughs> that is I, I want to see a picture. What's the name of the disease? I'm going to Google it. No, I just get rid of it. Hang on. Let me. Uh, the name of the disease is autoimmune disease. Well, that's the name of like three different. <laughs> that is called acute systematic scoloderma. <laughs> acute system. Where does she live? S C L E R O D E R M A. Where does she live? Scotland. An area woman spends her life getting stoned. Don't Google that. <laughs> Did you see the woman who turned the stone? Is it unpleasant? Yes. Hey, did you see the guy named me who's turning into a tree? Yes. That's unpleasant, too. Maybe we ought to fix these two up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the world's best reality show and the world's worst porno. EOHarmony.com. <laughs> That's one of the, the man who's turning into a tree to the girl whose fingers have turned to stone. <laughs> That's one of the 29 levels of compatibility. Turning into a tree. Yes, no. <laughs> wow. Please check your medical history. <laughs> Dutch da- da- elm disease? You have shingles? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh. Uh-huh. Let's continue with our program. 
I'm never Googling that, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> That's like that time you told us not to go to YouTube and put in child abuse, which I think should go without saying. No. Oh, wow. All right. Here's, here's Tim Riley. Remember that guy we were talking about who wanted to uh, make helmets mandatory for bike riders? Well, now he's uh. backing down. State Senator Floyd Prozanski, who's a Democrat, came in uh, for an avalanche of criticism from cyclists after he floated the idea this week. Currently, Oregon law only requires uh, youngsters, 1,700, to wear these helmets. This fellow is an avid cyclist. He rides 5,600 miles per year. That's probably more than Timmy Ryan. And he says he's feeling bruised by the backlash because he's always been a strong advocate for bicyclists. He sponsored the state's share the road license plate and helped pass a law requiring cars to give cyclists ample room when passing. He'll hold a hearing in October on bicycle safety issues, but uh, I guess they're going to back off from this helmet line now. Yeah, well, because nobody wants it. Because that's yeah, a... We talked about a whole show about it. So well, because, you know, it's just one of those things. That is one of the things, presumably, that is good about living in uh, Oregon, is that we are free-thinking people here. So, all right. Uh, police have arrested a California man driving 100 miles an hour, drunk, three times the legal limit, as a matter of fact. This happened in Klamath Falls, all this crazy stuff is going on. They stopped the driver of a Ford going southbound on Highway 97, 105 miles an hour. It's a 55-mile-an-hour zone in Klamath Falls. Uh, Michael Raffuto, who's 46, was arrested for DUI. He was en route from Sisters to a Sacramento home and was trying to make it there before dark. Well, he didn't make it. He was arrested. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, everybody. I have a quick question. Hey, did you know that Bob Saget's sister had this... Stoning disease? Really? This guy says it. Skeloderma? The stone thing? This guy's claiming that Bob Saget's sister had that. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir. Okay. I just have a quick question. When Tim just said a mile's not long, was he wearing a hooded cloak and waved his finger at you? Like a Jedi mind trick? Oh, oh, sort of like a... like a Yoda-esque. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. but doesn't it sound like some sort of Buddhist parable? A mile is not a mile is not long, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you would just say something else. And then it's like I would and then I would have to buy some aromatherapy oil or something. So it's just it's weird. It's just a weird. I, it's, just, it's still freaking me out, actually. I put no thought into that. What's mm. All right. well, well, don't question it because Tim Riley's God. All right. Thank you. Bye. By the way, this person says the inevitable. Rick, for that reality show, you set up the stone woman and the tree guy and you call the show. Sticks and stones. All right. <laughs> That'd be a great sitcom. Wow. Uh, I got all these other th jokes I want to say, but they're just too much. No, it's, let uh, them go. It's Friday. No, no, no. It's 503-733-2970. Wow. Is this Rachel McGrath? Fantastic. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the great city of Los Angeles, CNN Radio Correspondent Rachel McGrath. Hello there. How are you? Hello. And where's my music? You know, here's the thing. I was hoping you wouldn't notice that. I was trying to <laughs> slip that underneath the radar. Okay. I was desperately... Can you not hum or something? Uh, okay, it was the... Uh, wait, hold on. Do you want the shortened version that they play uh, before Fox Searchlight Pictures or the long version that they play before classic films such as Star Wars? How much time do we have? I got all the, For you, Rachel, I have an infinite amount of time. Oh, well, let's just go with the short one anyway. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I now give you from the City of Angels... Los Angeles, California, CNN radio correspondent, Rachel.
McGrath. Oh, I so deserve that. Thank you. All right. I was, you know, I felt kind of bad. And then as, as I saw the line ringing there, I sort of lost track of time. In my head, I held that whole conversation about, I don't know the music. Should I try to find the music? I have the old office theme. She didn't like the office theme. Maybe I could find Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. I know she's a Springsteen fanatic. I don't know, but then it's going to look like I'm covering. Maybe if I just don't do any music at all, then the whole thing will go by and she won't realize I didn't have any music yeah. and then it won't be brought up. And, and then I come on and be, and be, and be wiser. No, no, no. It's yeah. okay. You know what it is? It's part of your charm. <laughs> it's part of life's rich pageant. It's been said, yeah. Hey, uh, are they really... Sometimes I just weep for this country. Are we? Have they really taken the time to pass something called Britney's Law? Because that would just be stupid. No, they haven't taken the time to pass it. Some, some um, L.A. city councilman had the time to sort of think it up. Um, and uh, he, had a, he invited a few celebrities and a few city officials down to City Hall yesterday and said, let's talk about the problems of the out-of-control raging packs of wolves that are the paparazzi in Los Angeles. And they talked about it for three and a half hours and then... That was it, really. So I have a question. I don't know if anybody sort of calculated this. I would be curious to see some sort of some sort of sidebar discussion about how much ancillary money is made by the celebrities like Britney Spears. In other words, you know, because the tabloid industry, you know, to a large degree, depends on celebrities doing crazy, weird, shocking, horrific, stupid, <laughs> compelling things. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and so since Britney started covering her swimsuit region like how much money has that has that cost people i mean I, is there any sort of yeah. way to estimate that uh, uh, it's hard to estimate a dollar amount but i can tell you um you can estimate it in the fact that the paparazzi are bored um and they're sort of going after anybody um any minor celebrity they can find and hanging out on the beaches and clicking surface in the hope they turn out to be matthew mcconaughey <laughs> um they've even set up one one enterprising paparazzi group has even set up a, um, a new website offering um i think it's called celebrity for you that um if, if you want for five hundred dollars we'll send a, a team of paparazzi to follow you around all day and take that, your pictures and that kind of thing that is um, fantastic because they, they just haven't got enough celebrities out there right now i would completely do such a thing if i had five hundred dollars i didn't want to spend on something else i would absolutely hire paparazzi to follow me around. <laughs> I wonder, if, is that for a whole day? For a whole day. And actually, I think it, it, it starts at 500 and the more you pay, they could like put you put on a limousine, and they could do video cameras, right. and, they, and they'll they follow you around into, into going into the grocery store shouting, over here, over your shoulder, look at us, look okay, at us. Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? Here's the thing. Sarah, for your birthday, you have to pretend to be surprised when we hire paparazzi <laughs> to follow you around for a whole day. Okay, that's genius. Oh, that's, that really is. That's glorious. Um, it, was it, I forget his name, but the, the LAPD chief, yeah. he made this great, insane statement the other day. He said that, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, in essence, he said, things have calmed down since Britney something or other and Lindsay Lohan has gone gay. Yeah, since um, Britney went straight, Lindsay Lohan uh, went gay and Paris Hilton left the state. Um, yeah, but he's right. He, I mean, he's basically, <laughs> Will Bratton said, you know, look, if the celebrities, and there are only a handful of celebrities that generate the kind of hysteria that, that you know, the officials are getting upset about and have like 3,500 uh, photographers following them at any one time, there's only a handful. And uh, as the chief says, you know, if these celebrities would just behave themselves for a start off and then even better just stay home, uh, there wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> and I just think sort of hits the nail on the head, really, because, you know, most of the time the celebrities who are hounded by the paparazzi, um, the celebrities who appear in, in paparazzi photographs in the tabloids or whatever, most of the time they're photographed because they or one of their people has tipped off the, the photographers about where they're going to be because they want that coverage. And so it's kind of not a very black and white issue. It's kind of like you don't want the publicity, don't go out and seek the paparazzi and go where you know they're going to be, like don't have lunch at the Ivy. For and example. we are sort of in this weird calm between the storms thing too mm -hmm. where the older generation of, you know, like the Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie there, you know, they're all 
having kids or they're living somewhere else or they're gay or there's something or other. I mean, they've all just sort of got, they're not doing anything. Uh, but yet, you know, you got your Miley Cyrus, but apart from that, the next generation, I guess they're still in the zygote stage. Uh, you know, the next generation of, of, of celebrity uh, sort of attention seekers. So this is really the, this is the trough between waves. I, I, I think it is. I mean, I don't think it's over. It's just, like you say, it's just a little calm. Um, and, and the next wave will be along shortly. Mm. Well, one hopes. Because can you remember how crazy it was, like, six, 12 months ago? Oh, yeah. No, we lament and, those, yeah. the loss of those days. It yeah. saddens us still. So yeah. I mean, if, if only the, the only Brangelina hadn't decamped to France, you know, life would be a lot better here in Hollywood. Hey, is it know? true that somebody paid $10 million for the pictures of the new Brad Pitt Angelina kid? Yeah. People magazine in the U.S., and I think it's Hello Magazine in, in the U.K. or in Europe, um, have the pictures. Um, the, apparently, they're going to be... Um, available on Monday. Wow. I mean, I mean, look, you know, the, the, the free market system, and I, I am a good capitalist like everybody else in this country, and that's fine. But, just, I mean, it just seems financially, un- I cannot possibly imagine how that will pay for itself. Um, yeah, I mean, they said, look, uh, you know, everybody wants to see these babies. I guess they think they have to be the ones to win the bidding war, otherwise they're not the top celebrity magazine or something. Oh, I so see. for them, it, it keeps them at the top spot. I mean, uh, apart, I mean, yeah, I think it probably does pay for itself. I think the amount of exposure of advertising they get, people, you know, people are going to be talking about Larry King's probably going to be talking about it, you know, on, on Monday, and and uh, you know, people will talk about the fact that People Magazine paid this much money for these photos, and everybody wants to see the photos, and and so it's not just sort of how many people will buy the magazine. It's bragging rights. It'll be bragging rights. And lots of free advertising. All right. Rachel McGrath, it's been too long uh, since we spoke with you. We will uh, we'll do it again soon, I hope. Until then, enjoy your Southern California weekend, won't you please? I will, and you too. Have fun up there in Portland. Thank you. Rachel McGrath, ladies and gentlemen, from CNN. Remember when we thought she didn't like me? I still think that. <laughs> Good for you. All right. Uh, let's see. It is uh, 1.25. We... Still no Richie. No, still no Richie. Here's what we got to do. I gotta drink this visa at some point. Uh, we gotta do the top five prostitution songs. Uh, do you wanna take a second and drink your visa? I can wait. Unless, uh, do you need to uh, get coffee? I just printed out, no, I just printed out a story. Is it horrible? I'd be interested in. Really? Yeah, for Tim. Alright, well, let's see. Uh, I going to go grab it. We gotta do the top five songs about prostitution. Uh, we have, uh, we gotta talk to Timmy Ryan. Um, seems like we had something else that we really had to get done. Oh, Scott Daly's coming in. Uh, Dan from Pop Cultures, who don't forget, we are now one week away from 8808. Uh, so 666 was Horns Across the Hawthorne. 777 uh, was Vanilla Ice. Next Friday, 888, August 8th. Uh, 2008 at 2 p.m. Uh, you go to 970.am. There's the details about the Emerson Address, which is when we this show. We will address all of Portland, all of Oregon, nay, all of the world uh, at once. At once. Uh, next Friday, uh, 888 uh, eight, eight, eight at 2 p.m. And so, uh, so I think on, on a Monday... I think there's a little thing on the website about this. You can do, do this now where you just sort of tell us. Because I think we're going to create, the goal is we want to create a little Google map of Portland where we can then find out where everybody is going to be. Because the goal is to get uh, every radio, every pair of speakers, every web stream, every whatever uh, to tune to the station so we can address all of the populace at once. So we're going to try to get a little Google map set up so people can tell us where they're going to be. Oh, that's wh- awesome. Totally. Uh, like what? to Dave. Uh, Dave Krause. Yeah. No, no, I haven't. But he I'm gonna, is a map maker. He totally knows that system inside and out. Mm-hmm. And I have this fantasy of someone turning up, every, not that you should do this, I'm just saying in my head, God forbid it's some sort of a department store or something where there's perhaps hundreds of radios. So uh, anyway, so but we're going to try to construct a Google map so we can see where everybody is going to be at that moment, where they're going to be sort of t- t- turning it up. Uh, so that's, we got that. 
So, Timmy, may, maybe Richie, but, I mean, you know, we'll see. He could just be sleeping it off, I guess. It seems unlike him to not be... he emails at 6 a.m., that's probably him up all night. Yeah, and you know that probably, even if he didn't drink uh, beforehand, you know that if things went well, or, in fact, if things went badly, either way, he probably went and put down some serious... Uh, I would imagine that calls for drinking either way. So, um... <laughs> The thought process was seriously stopped. I'm just reading this email about Stone Lady and Tree Man, a love story. Uh, we'll maybe read it on the other side. Uh, let's maybe take, we should cast that. Let's take a break. We'll back after this. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. We continue around the corner. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503 733 2970. 503 733 2970. Let's see here. What have we got? Just read a couple of these emails. People are just sending me nonstop observations now about Stone Woman and Tree Man. Uh, let's see. Containing phrases like pounding the concrete, blah, blah, blah. Um,. Let's see, how about this? Rick, about Stone Lady and Tree Man, the poor diseased people really make for some great conceptual ideas, though. When playing 20 questions, they are the perfect foil to the generic, is it animal, vegetable, or mineral? How about the Sticks and Stones reality show would not be complete without people being, uh, without people being, never, <laughs> without, without, without Tree, without Tree Man and Stone Woman beating somebody up and breaking their bones. Get it? Uh, I'm assuming the only thing that would be able to stop the stone lady would be a good paper lady as she crushes scissors lady. <laughs> what would happen if the tree man spontaneously combusted? Would he then be burning man? And finally, can you see the forest for the tree man? That is all, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. <laughs> Howard Stern will remake the Ramones movie. Now, Howard Stern is set to produce a remake of the 1979 movie, Rock and Roll High School. Mm, I'm not very happy about that. He's going to work with producer Larry Levinson on the project, reports Variety, and the what? pair have hired Alex Winter to write the script. Alex Winter? Yes. Best known as half the duel of... Alex Winter? Yes. Mm -hmm. Alex Winter. Bill S. Preston Esquire is going to be writing a remake of Rock and Roll High School without the Ramones. Yes. Whatever. I just, like, any one of those things would have made me angry, but now it's like I've just, the breaker has flipped and I can't... Alex Winter! Yes. Who's Alex Winter? He's, uh, he's Bill, uh, he's, uh, um, he's Bill S. Preston Esquire. He's the... the <laughs> He's the uh, curly-haired blonde kid in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He's the guy that's not Keanu Reeves. Okay. Uh, he's also in Lost Boys. Um, oh, by the way, don't forget. Oh, you know, it's too late to do one random caller because we're like almost three hours into the show. We'll give away our final copy of Lost Boys to the tribe uh, today. Uh, yeah, he's in Lost Boys, and then he's the guy in Bill and Ted that's not Keanu Reeves. Um, and apparently is now 
writing. I, I mean, God. He's kind of cute in Lost Boys. Yeah, you know, God bless him. I mean, he kind of vanished and did a whole lot of nothing. But I just, it just seems point. I mean, whatever. There are worse things, I suppose, like slowly turning into a rock over the course of however many years. But it, it just seems like there's no point in remaking Rock and Roll High School without the Ramones. Like what? Because there's only two. It seems like there's only two ways to do it. First of all, the original Rock and Roll High School had a lot of different bands on the soundtrack. It wasn't all the Ramones, but the Ramones were the character. I mean, they were the band featured in the movie. The soundtrack had a lot of because Alice Cooper and a whole bunch of people. But, uh, but, but of course, the movie was about the Ramones coming to that high school um, and hanging out with Riff Randall, teenage rock and roller. Uh, that being said... So it's like, who are they, are they going to get? Is it going to be about some other band? Is it going to be, like, instead of the Ramones, is it going to be, like, you know, the Jonas Brothers come to, you know, or whatever? Uh, so it just seems like a, it seems like an, uh, uh, an ill-advised idea. Uh, or is it going to be some band that is sort of Ramones-esque and, like, covering all the Ramones? And first of all, no. Fifth of all, uh, I think the original Rock and Roll High School, I'm sorry, this white speck in front of Tim is really bothering me. Let me get rid of that. Oh, all right. I so my spec. Uh, it seems like it's also ill-advised because if I remember correctly, I do believe Rock and Roll High School was a Roger Corman uh, joint, and so you can't really you can't really out Roger Corman. Roger Corman, that just seems pointless. So, and I love Howard Stern and all, but I mean, please. Um, it, let's see. Oh, finally, this. Speaking of being OCD, so this seems to be happening with alarming regularity. So yet another one of uh, yet another one of the people I know is like. Uh, Going on. Ah, never mind. Never mind. It's pointless. I want to hear it. No, it's just going to take us down a whole other... I, we don't have time. Here's Tim Riley. Well, all right. Uh, Philadelphia couple is accused of damaging the property of more than 400 people during an 18-month egging spree. Philip Fleck and his girlfriend, Heather, admit to the vandalism. Uh, the couple want to, uh, wanted to retaliate against uh, people, and apparently they carried it out. They egged more than 400 people and caused $7,000 in damage. Uh, Darcy's mother said the case is being blown way out of proportion. A giant boa constrictor is on the loose in Eugene. The red-tailed boa escaped from her tank and slithered out a window, according to her owner. The snake whom Rebecca calls Baby Elizabeth has not been seen since. Red-tailed boas are not poisonous. In fact, they're very docile. So if you happen to come across Baby Elizabeth, take a box or, or a recycling bin, put it on top of the snake, weigh it down so the snake can't escape, and telephone the authorities. Uh, but wait, wait, you're supposed to do what so it can't escape? Take a box or a recycling bin and put it on top of the snake and weigh it down. Uh, so you know who has a snake? <laughs> who has a snake? Um, uh, mailman Chris, his kid, the, how do I put this? Mailman Chris's kid just turned 14. How cool is this? This is like way cooler than anything that happened to me. His kid just turned 14, has a girlfriend. For his birthday, uh, the girlfriend got him like a big-ass snake. Uh, which I guess is going to grow to be like, I don't know, whatever, 15 feet or something. So that's pretty that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the age of 14, I don't think I got anything. Uh, I don't think I got anything decent. Yeah, he got like this. He was at the uh, show last night. So, and I was trying to figure out. We, Lauren and I were talking about this. I couldn't figure out if you're a 14 year old kid, if you're a 14 year old dude, and he's there because uh, you know he's kind of a metal and punk fan and whatever, and. Um, and it's you sort of realize how you you know it, you know as a big a music fan as I am and like Wednesday 13 I'm a huge Wednesday 13 fan but you realize how you're sort of not in touch with the ongoing issues in the world of rock and roll you know as much as you used to be because so Mailman Chris's kid Colin goes to Wednesday 13 last night wearing a Slipknot shirt and apparently there's some like big feud between Slipknot and the Wednesday 13 fans because I guess because Wednesday 13 Wednesday 13 used to be in this band called the Murder Dolls. 
And the murder dolls were, were a side project of what's his name, Joey from Slipknot, who he left the murder dolls to go back to Slipknot, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so I guess the fans of Wednesday 13, and the it's one of those things where the artists themselves probably have no idea, but like the fans of Slipknot and the fans of Wednesday 13 or something, I guess are sort of like, I guess it's like this whole feud. Anyway, so the upshot of it is, here's the only reason you care, is because so the, the poor guy puts on his Slipknot shirt to go rock last night, and I guess people just spat at him all night long. He's, so I'm here to rock. You know, it's like just spit. Yes, I just spit, spit flying at him. It's totally awful. Uh, so anyway, so that's unfortunate. But um, but we were talking about how you know because Chris is a cool guy and he, Chris is there and he's you know he's over in the bar section. But we were trying to figure out if it's either great or horrifying if you're like a 14 year old metal dude. That, like, your dad is there at the Wednesday 13 show. I mean, that's either, like, best dad ever or, like, embarrassing or maybe a combination of both. I can never really figure it out. I can never really tell, figure out when cool parent stops and, like, embarrassment begins. It's so hard to tell with teenagers because they're all mental. Did you know Do you know Heather Matarazzo is a lesbian? Yes. And she's engaged now to her girlfriend. She's a sexy lesbian. I had no idea she was a lesbian. Yeah. Uh, and she's... How old is she now? Let's see, 25. Yeah, see, so she's it's... She's very pretty. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. She's, uh... Yeah. No, she's all kinds of hot. Heather Matarazzo, who was Don Wiener Dog in uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Look at um, that. Oh, come on. Wow, she's licking a bloody knife. Could she be hotter? What is that photo in aid of? I mean, where I don't know. There's from? just a couple. It's, this is on her MySpace page. Boy, how great a movie is Welcome to the Dollhouse. What a oh, great. Yeah, that movie's awesome. What a, oh, yeah, welcome to the Dollhouse. Wow. See, she's, I mean, she's very. Um, she's grown into her face. She's exotic looking. That's what she is. Oh, she's hot. Uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse is just such a genius film. I love that movie so much. Uh, it's, it's a shame that everything else that guy made was crap, but uh, but that, that's just a great movie. Did you see, sort of back in the day, have you ever seen it when she was on Letterman when she was a teenage girl? Mm-mm. She was so charming. Even then, I mean, really just cute, like in the best. And she was just, she, um, Heather, Heather Matarazzo, I don't think it was uh, for that movie. I might have been for some follow-up or whatever. She went on Letterman. And uh, Letterman clearly was kind of charmed by her, but she did this. But she did the had I, I don't want to recreate it, but she did this great moment where she asked Letterman to go to like her to go to like her homecoming dance with her or something. And it was all just great and awkward and gangly and goofy and sweet. So and I just and I just I love that movie so much. Um, yeah, and she's all hot and uh, hot and uh, and, uh, and and lesbo-rific now. So all right, here's Tim Riley. Sarah Jessica Parker and her husband Matthew Broderick have put on a united front. In uh, stepping out together in New York, amid unconfirmed rumors the actor is having an affair. Last week, the Star Magazine published allegations that Broderick, who's 46 now, was caught cheating on the Sex and the City actress with a woman 21 years his junior. <laughs> a representative has refused to comment. You know, getting rid of that mole will solve everything. There'll be no comment. However, the couple show their 11-year marriage is still going strong by enjoying a night out together in the Big Apple. They appear to be happy, strolling through the streets wearing matching... Blue-colored tops. And that's when you know things aren't all right because you never see paparazzi pictures of them. Which right. Which means they're going out, which means there's obvious, they're going out to be photographed. Totally. That's totally true. For the sole purpose of being uh, being seen. Yeah. Part of comedian George Carlin will always remain in New Hampshire. The legendary comedian died, of course. His family decided to scatter his ashes in places important in his life. They scattered some of his ashes in front of nightclubs he played at in Greenwich Village. The next stop is Spofford, New Hampshire where a 10-year-old Carlin attended camp. His daughter says that's where he got his first uh, stage performance skills and won a drama award, a necklace with a comedy and tragedy mask on it, 
He had been wearing it a lot lately, she said. He even died with it on. A comedy and tragedy mask. Die with it on. What? Mm-hmm. No, a necklace yeah. with the mask. Yeah, oh. the mask. not the actual mask. That's what I was I'm thinking. feeling kind of faint. <laughs> That's kind of bizarre. <laughs> That's, that is too strange for me. Do you see that long white tunnel? Uh, the ashes have been scattered on Slapwood Lake. Yeah, uh, the daughter says it's a beautiful and touching moment. Okay. Are we all being cremated here, if I can ask? Yes. Yes. All right. Do you, is, are I don't we having buried with the worms? Yeah, I don't are want we... somebody doing things to my body after I'm done. After I'm dead. You know, s- smoking marijuana well. and then turning it into a bong. <laughs> that is a. I think you guys have probably very different fears about what might be done to your body after death, but I suppose you're just, both justified. It's not like you know. That's the thing about working I don't on the show. I want to end up with Alistair Cook having my disease <laughs> bones given to somebody. That's the thing. You'll, it's true. you'll be able to dance again. <laughs> We're here on the show, you realize how messed up people really are. Totally. <laughs> and my eyes are open to the fact that... Yeah, seriously. Yeah. That somebody could come in and just be parting you out like an old Hyundai. Uh, so, uh, all right, I was going to ask the follow-up. What do you want to be done with your ashes? I don't really... It, it, it's pointless. You probably don't even have anything picked. Tim, your ashes anywhere? I haven't decided yet. Tara? I don't know. I want my ashes to be made into a perfectly small round stone and have it then thrown at somebody who I disliked while I was alive. Hey, you! Whack! Right on the front of the head. Do you what, if they, what, what if they miss? Well, I don't know. Then you could throw it again. I mean, those things are, you know, ashes. They, then you'd explode and but you would hit them. If you've seen that Pike Place market, though, you, I mean, they can make anything out of ash now. So That was a stupid... Uh, never mind. That's, I meant for that to be funnier than it was. Uh, this says, Rick... Um, oh, this is a guy asking for more Paul Stanley. Well, we'll do some of that here in a while. Here's Tim Riley. Connie Francis is out of the hospital, and she continues to recover after a bout of high blood pressure. I thought she was dead. Not yet. The veteran singer's agent tells a Newsday she was released from Long Island's Jewish Medical Center two days uh, than originally expected. In addition, she's been staying in New York this week to continue with outpatient care, which is expected to end today. She was admitted to the coronary care unit last Wednesday after blood pressure elevated to alarmingly high levels. She's in town for a concert with Neil Sedaka. While she's reluctant to scrap the show, uh, apparently her doctors said it would be dangerous for her to perform. Sedaka still took the stage and Extended his uh, set to cover for France. You know, he's a pro. Didn't you, you just get the feeling Neil Sadaka is one of those guys, like uh, Paddock, uh, Chris Paddock was talking about uh, Ron Dante and how he's just such a pro. Like, you hear that interview we did, and he's just, man, he just has the, you know, and he's sort of feigning spontaneity, but you know those answers are probably, you know, he's answered those questions a million times, but he just, man, he's, he, uh, come sleet, nor rain, nor hail, nor whatever. Same thing with Neil Sadaka. That guy, he's one of those guys, he's got to be 70. Yeah. And he probably still plays 200 dates a year. So, excellent. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Time for a corpse watch. Here's your... Oh, well, see? <laughs> here's of. another thing. See, the, the, you, you, you work on this show often enough, and you realize all, that even when you're dead, your body is not safe from defiling. All right. Here's your corpse watch. I'm digging up bones. I'm digging up bones. Human things that's better left alone. Tim Riley with your corpse watch for Friday. So this comes to us from England. A man's body has been discovered after a downstairs neighbor reported maggots coming through his ceiling. Wow. <laughs> Police were forced to break into this flat. Uh, a spokeswoman for the uh, housing establishment said the neighbor called after reporting maggots uh, were coming out of the ceiling. 
<laughs> they were notified with the neighbor's concern about an elderly tenant who hadn't been seen for quite some time. <laughs> in response to police calling and asked to gain entry, whereabouts the occupant was found to be deceased. The flat was in the same block and uh, requiring special cleaning. Which <laughs> There's no clean. Today. Clean that with... Clean it with fire. No. If maggots have worked their way out of the person's floor and ceiling. And what kind of a god-awful apartment are you living in that maggots can get through the floor? You know what I mean? That makes me worry about those ants I got at home. Uh, oh, by the way, I went home last night. By the time I got home, man, that whole thing is just all tunneled out. It's freaky. They're going to kill us all. Um, there's, I put If you go to rickemerson.com, I posted a great YouTube video. Listener Anthony. Now, this is not my actual ant farm, but it's the same model ant farm and the same species of ant. So it's basically the same setup. Uh, and in 40 seconds, you can see 10 days worth of digging. So it's the same model ant. That's the same ant farm I have. It, the light is on, so it's not glowing as much as mine does because I keep mine in the sort of dimly lit room. Uh, but it's the same ants and the same ant farm. Uh, it's pretty terrifying. So how would maggots even get through the floor? Floors you in England just made out of made out of pasta. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So, part two. Yeah. All right. Part two. A sex crime is linked to a morgue. Of course. Male said a seven hundred thousand dollars was suspected necrophiliac, who's charged with having sex with the corpse of a nineteen-year-old murder victim. The former Hamilton County employee accused of having sex with the body in the morgue, and his bail set today at seven hundred thousand uh, dollars. Kenneth Douglas uh, was arraigned. It lasted about five minutes. None of the details of the horrific allegations were discussed. He was, <laughs> what is there to discuss? Uh, he was in, indicted on Monday for gross abuse of a corpse who's accused of having sex with the body of murder victim Karen Range in the morgue, where he worked as an attendant, hours after David Steffen killed her and nearly beheaded her with a paring knife. He's accused of having sex with the woman's unclean body after it was stored. Her unclean body. But it was uh, put in a refrigerator for four hours. So, uh, <sighs> uh, someone said, this is one sick dude. Oh, God. That was the official estimation by the police department. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, cremation is the way to go, friends. All right, there you go. There's your double corpse watch for Friday. Really is just disgusting. It is. I'm like creeped out now. Everything we do is horrifying. But there's nothing quite like it. No, that anyway. is true. No, it's not really true. This. Do you guys feel dirty? Yes. No. I. But Tim doesn't. Oh yeah. Uh, I feel. I feel awful and ashamed. Almost every day, specifically today, though. Uh, all right, here's what's coming up in the next hour. Scott Daly, Dan from PopCultureZoo.com with the Comic Con recap. Uh, Timmy Ryan uh, will join us as well. Um, I'm going to calling Richie again. Yes, please, yeah, please do. we got to track him down. Uh, don't forget, a week from now, 888. That is 888. We had 666, horns across the Hawthorne, 777, Vanilla Ice. Next week, 888. Next Friday, August 8th, 2 p.m. You keep uh, saying Vanilla Ice next week. Do I keep saying yeah. that? Oh, see, <laughs> 777, Vanilla Ice, period. Next, next week, uh, either colon or comma, depending on how you view it. Uh, Richie. Is, uh, we found Richie, Richie Bristol. Hey. Wait, hold it's on. Sarah. Here we go. It's Sarah. Wait. Oh, dude, you you, you've almost slept through the entire show. Right, okay, don't tell me anything, but we need to get you on the air. I can't talk. What? Wow. Next week on the BBC, the fastest man I on no legs. 
Oh, is that what's his name with the with the uh, the, the 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 metal shape? You the you okay. metal things on his leg. He was eleven months old when it, yeah, Oscar. Yeah, that Oscar his legs guy. Legs amputated. Seventeen. Oscar won the sprint gold medal at two thousand four Paralympics in Athens. Okay. No, that guy's amazing. Uh, Oscar, what's his name? I forget his last name. Pistorius. That, yeah, that guy is amazing. Have you seen him run? No. Yeah. That's at uh, ten o'clock. Sunday night on BBC. Yeah, that, it's insane. That guy, Oscar Pistorius, is what you're going to call? He's calling us right now. Okay, that guy, Oscar Pistorius, is insane. He, yeah, they amputated his legs when he was a kid. Is this what you hear? I told him to call the warm line. Oh, okay. Yeah, they amputated his legs when he was a kid, but he's, he's a runner now. Mm-hmm. And he runs on these U-shaped metal prosthetics that are really kind of creepy and cool looking. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole scandal about whether he would be allowed to do it and, you know, whatever. But uh, it's pretty amazing. It's one of those, like, cool, like, you know... Our triumph over adversity, uh, sort of a thing. Uh, so I don't know if that's Richie. Uh, I'm just looking at whoever this might be. Is it? What do you suppose? I don't know. It doesn't. Uh... It's Mailman Chris's son. Oh, okay. Well, let's do that, and then we'll talk to Richie. Uh, hey, Colin. Hey. What's up? How would you? What'd you? Really, uh, what'd you think of Wednesday 13? Um, I liked it. It reminded me a lot of Marilyn Manson, and he has that kind of look. There's this sort of look and vibe, definitely, yeah. with a little more of a, a little more of a pop appeal to it. Um, yeah, it was pretty poppy. Ace, like. So what's up with the, the Slipknot murder dolls thing? Um, I, I I didn't really know about it until last night. Like I had no idea. So was it was it the with the uh, the fellow attendees giving you uh, giving I you some guff? A lot of dirty looks, yes. Um, a lot of scowls and yeah. stuff. All right, so here, so here's a question, if I can ask this. So, uh, so you're there last night, and it's you know sort of an all ages place where there's the bar and the whatever, and then uh, your dad is sort of uh, over on the uh, the bar side of things, kind of checking it out. So, uh, when you go to a rock show last night, last night, and your dad is there, is that a uh, cool? Is it like a cool dad thing? B, a horrifically embarrassing? C, depends on the occasion? D, none of the above? Uh, it's it, it's pretty cool. I mean. He listened to, he respects the music I listen to, and I, he got me started on those, like, he started the music, you know, that I listen to now. Right, so right. We just kind of respect each other, and he likes the same sort of music I do, so Absolutely. it's not that bad. Uh, what kind of a snake uh, did your girlfriend get you for your birthday? Um, it's a albino corn snake. And how big does it get? Um, it should get, in a couple years, up to four or four and a half feet, and... Uh, I don't really know how wide. All right, that's fantastic. All right, thank you, my friend. All right, thank you. All right, you. there you go. That's uh, Colin. All right, fantastic. All right. All right, shall we welcome now? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Richie Bristol. Richie, are you still drunk? Hello? Hi, Richie, you're on the air. How are you? Oh, my God. What time is it? It is one fifty-five in the afternoon. Let us stress oh. it. And let's just we're on the let's, air. Yeah, stress again that you are live on the radio right now. So, oh, great. Yeah. So are you still in bed? Yeah. All right. Can you uh, hold the phone maybe a little further? Or you're distorting a little bit. There? <laughs> okay. All right. There. That sounds better. All right. So you are in bed, uh, presumably uh, by yourself. Um, so first of all, are you sharing a hotel room with somebody or you have your own room? Uh, we got a double me and my brother, and then we got connecting rooms with my other friends. All right, okay. So, so you're in your own bed? You're in your own bed, though. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay, well, let's get to it. So how, do, how, it, did the, how did the whoring go? Uh, well, first of all, don't follow MapQuest, because it put me out in the middle of nowhere, and these dogs were chasing us. How much a rabid dog chased It's like, it. I don't know. I think they do it on purpose. They put you out on this rocky road in the middle of nowhere. What do you mean? was going to pick you up. What do you mean rabid dogs were chasing? In your car? Yeah, they, they put us out and just 
Shadyville and this, like there was rabid dogs all over the place and I don't know if they do it on purpose or what. But Were there also giant bats in the air? No, but these dogs are chasing their car, like biting the tires and stuff. Wow, that's unnerving. Uh, okay, so you so that you followed so the map quest got you lost. How did you then get to Sherry's Ranch? Well, then we followed uh, the GPS system, which is also messed up and takes you somewhere else too. But then finally, we I just called them and said, "Hey, I'm lost out here in nowhere." Right. And they said, "We'll go down the street and turn left at the elementary school." <laughs> That's a little creepy. All right, and so you, so now you were. Su- down, t- took a left. You're supposed to be there at six. When did you actually get there? Well, I called them later and I said, well, since I wasn't securing any of the girls because of uh, Ariel, that it didn't matter as long as it was that time at night. And thank God, because I drove for an hour and a half looking for a place. Wait, so, but so you got there late, but it wasn't a big deal because you had not secured any of the girls specifically. Right, since I didn't, because I was trying to lock, you know, Ariel, but I guess they. They work, like, one week, and then they go away for a while, and then they come back one week, and so it just didn't work out. Okay, so what, what by the way, you're listening to KCMD Portland. Uh, What time did you get to Sherry's Ranch? I think, like, 8. Okay, 8 o'clock. Okay, so you, first of all, how much of, uh, did you get a lot of film from last night? Uh, yeah. A lot of footage? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, okay. So okay. So you, uh, I guess so you get there. You you go. You get there. You you walk in. Uh, what what happens? Uh. Well, first I walk up and I said, "Do you want me to take leave?" And I said, "I have reservation." And I said, "Okay." And then I said, "Well, who do you have on?" And there's pretty much only girls there. So there's how, I'm sorry. There's how many girls? Five. Wow. Five girls on, and so were, it was like, were any of the five girls uh, the three that you had fancied? Uh, I think. I'm sorry, your your phone's cutting a little bit. Uh, Alicia or something? Uh, I don't know. I don't have. Do I have? There's on. Ariel. Hold you on. you wanted to do Ariel, Logan, and uh, crap. Who's Jordan. There? Jordan. Ariel, Logan, and Jordan. Right. Right. Uh, were any of those girls there? No. <laughs> Do you remember? Okay, so zero for so three. They, they parade out the five girls that were there. Uh huh. And what did the girls look like? Uh, just generally speaking, were they attractive or? Uh, there was a, a nine and two eights. That's what I took. A nine. You took a nine and two eights, and then the others were not so. So now it, let's just bottom line part of this right now. Were you able to get yes or no? Were you able to get the Neapolitan? No. All right. What what was the combination of girls you chose? Well, you know when they take they take you in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, they take they check your junk, right? Oh, to see to make sure that you're not afflicted. Right, and that's weird. And now we let's try to be very very careful here because we're on the radio. But uh, so do you have to nude up, and then do they Is just it a doctor? Do they get down there with like a microscope looking for things? Like All right, well I'm gonna I bleeped a little bit of that, but I'm just but you're saying that they you 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 uh uh, uh you you get undressed, and then the girls get a close-up view of your area, making sure that there is no uh, disease. Right. Yeah, and presumably you passed that inspection. No. I have a rash inside. <laughs> I, I got chafing going on, and they were like, no, we can't do this. And then they had another girl check. She's like, no, I'm not going to touch this. And then they had the other one check, and I said, no. They said, no, I'm not going to touch this. Because, like, it's chasing down there. I got a rash. So, 
This is because I was unprepared for this turn of events. Uh, so th this is because, now we had this conversation on Tuesday, I think, where you said that it was 106 degrees. You weren't showering because the bathtub was full of beer and uh, that your legs were rubbing together a lot in the heat. Yeah. And therefore you were covered in a rash. Well, not covered. Just... But, I mean, enough of you. <laughs> you had enough. So the girls all checked it out, and then, now, did you say, like, well, this is like a, a heat rash thing? Yeah. I tried to talk them into it. They weren't having it. Well, may I have a second opinion? Yeah, and so... uh We did. I went for the other two that... <laughs> you went for the uglier girls. Too. Well, look, maybe the nine ain't having it, but uh, give me that. Yes, yeah, seriously. Maybe instead of a ten, I could just have five twos. Uh, yes. Yeah, so basically, they're all just checking me out. I'm kind of like. Now, did you? You paid nine hundred dollars to go there and be humiliated. <laughs> to be rejected. Yeah. So, uh, so let me understand this. So now. Okay, so you went through all five of them. None of them. None of them. They did. They did all five inspect you. Yeah. All five passed. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I understand that perhaps then they might have passed on traditional um, sex or um, what we might call a sort of verbal kind of sex. Uh, uh -huh. But now, did you suggest, and this is very circumspect here, did maybe you suggest that uh, they engage with you in a way that didn't. Uh, and, I, and again, I understand it was just a heat rash. I, I, I understand that. But I'm saying from their perspective, did you maybe suggest that they provide uh, maybe an alternate kind of service uh, that didn't, uh, you know, make them put them in, in any sort of uh, awkward position? Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know. I was in an awkward position. Like maybe they could give you a special kind of handshake? <laughs> no, I was kind of embarrassed. I was just like in awe thinking I just got turned down by... Hookers. <laughs> I got money in my hand, and they're saying no to me. Now, how, so how did Do you they... have your little duct-taped envelope as your pants are down and all of them are inspecting? <laughs> yeah, I guess it wasn't enough. So uh, how did how did they phrase the rejection? Uh, they were saying they had, like, high hygiene uh, rules and stuff like that. And right. They, they try to keep clean and... They can't. They can't take the chance. And so, but you know, you think that they must have encountered this before. Like, you know, it's 106 degrees and it's the desert. They must have had a few guys who come in that in the past. So, uh, and so after the first, the two nines and an eight or whatever it was after the first round of girls, after they see the rash and they say, "We're not going. You know, we're going to pass on this." Did you go back out and ask for the other girls, or did you say, "Well, can you send the other girls in here?" No, they don't say nothing to me. They kind of look at it and they say, yeah, mm-hmm. And then they kind of go, they left. the girl left. And then the second one came in and looked at it, and she didn't say much. And then the, before the third one came up, the madam lady, okay, and she uh, she came and talked to me. And what did, what? did how did she put it? What did she say? She says there's uh, some problems down there. Uh, and I, was, I knew what they were thinking. And then... I basically started trying to explain. I mean, let's look at it. <laughs> you didn't want to look at it. <laughs> I was trying to get the madam to look at it. Look at it. It's just chafing. <laughs> uh, and so, and then should she say, like, well, the girl's decision is final? 
Yeah, the two and the other two. So it was like, I don't know if they wanted me to say more money or something. Maybe they're trying to haggle me to talk them into it. I don't know. Maybe like, you think it might have been sort of a negotiating ploy. Yeah, it was like a leverage to say, okay, well, another talking because you got a rash. <laughs> right. And so, uh, and, waited, and, and so after all five of the girls kind of said, mm, no, I, no, I don't think so. Did you, at that point, did you just say, well, screw it. I'm, I'm just going to pull the ripcord. No, they, they, they went and got a, she got a menu and she came to the menu and she showed the, the, now let's the little be, stars let's, next to the things. Be, let's be, be, let's be careful here, but they offered, they showed you menu items that even given the girl's concern, you think uh, services you still could have received right and were those still very expensive or was it cheap enough that you said well that okay yeah i was basically at that point i was just like, i'm not gonna i mean obviously there wasn't going to be any touching or anything yeah. involved and so i wasn't having it so I was, from that point i was like well concerned about the deposit am i getting it back and because you already put down 900 bucks right and so i was like i was well, do I get my money back because you turned me down? And But they were trying to talk me into the other menu items. Yes. And I said, well, it looked like after a while, and I was embarrassed. I wanted to get out of there at that point. Totally. I, I just wanted to go itch outside, basically. <laughs> but, go, to, uh, go give yourself a good uh, scratching. Uh, so did, uh, did you get the 900 bucks back? No, basically I went out to the car and got my two buddies and split it amongst them and let them go in and we went in the bar and waited for him. Wait, wait, wait hold on, hold on, hold on. So did, 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 did they, let's, so when you make the decision, you're like, I'm not going to do anything here, this is, screw it, I'm done. Uh, did they give you at that point, did they give you the 900 bucks? No. So are you out $900? Yeah. Did they give you anything? Like, what did you split with your two friends? Uh, I just told them, well, that amongst them two, and they can negotiate whatever they're gonna do. Well, oh, cause they're cause they were rash free. But I'm saying, uh, but I'm saying, so did you give the nine hundred bucks to your to your buddies? Basically, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I went out. I said, well, okay, just a minute. I got tired of haggling because I mean, I'm just sitting there talking about hookers and and because you've already got. So you're thinking at that point, you've got nine hundred dollars, let's say, in credit there, basically, in like yeah. like. It, like it's sort of like having credits in a video game. You had nine hundred bucks in credit, and you're like, "Well, I can't use it, so I'm gonna give it to, to my pals." And so you split it up among the guys in the car. What did they do with that money that you sort of gave them? Uh, they had a good time. Did they? Um, uh, did that cover any of your friends having any kind of an encounter with some of the girls? Uh, yep, most of them. Did they have to pay their own money on top of that? or In other words, was the money you gave them just enough to sort of get them started? Or was, was the money you sort of split among your friends enough for them? In other words, did they have to then also pay their own money on top of that? Uh, <laughs> so that was enough to get them in the room, and then one of them received a service for that. But, uh, but the others, at least, it was a, it was a, it so was a head start. Everyone was happy except for you. Yeah, one of them got an upgrade, let's say. Yeah, all right. Um... And then... So, did you, so have you not had sex with a hooker yet? No. You have never sounded sadder than you do at this moment. That is a... Your whole trip came down to this end. So you're the person who sat down $1,000, and both of your friends got to sleep with hookers, and you didn't. 
Right, and I got turned down by five. It's great for the self-esteem. <laughs> well, now it's I feel now like... We well, there's always Jimmy Second Street here back home. I was just going to say... Can we get Richie a hooker here? I know, I feel... I mean, be much of a problem. Can I tell you, when Laura and I were uh, driving back from Rock and Roll Pizza last night, we drove by, and we were to, we were at, at the intersection of 82nd and Powell, and we saw... And like I, you know, you don't see at least I, as much as we joke about it, I don't see a lot of streetwalkers in Portland. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying I typically don't see. We, we were at the corner of 82nd and Powell, and we saw the most obvious hooker ever. I mean, just she might as well have had whore written on her forehead and tattooed. The most <laughs> obvious streetwalker I have seen in years. Last night, last night on the way back from Wednesday 13. Well, Richie, now we have to buy you a hooker at some point, and we have Richie, to. Richie, can we buy you a hooker after your rash clears up? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll. Uh, and we'll get you. We're not going to get you any of those trashy Sherry's random. No, no, no. We're going to get you a high class. We're going to get you a classy girl. With a classy girl. All right. Uh, like so the bunny ranch or something. Well, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll find a way to make it happen because now it's like uh, now it has to happen. It's just uh, you know. So how how late were you there? Uh, and actually. Well, because my one friend went in, and then. What are you doing while your friends are in the room doing whatever they're doing? You just sitting in the lobby. No, it was in the the bar. Well, that makes sense. Uh, and so, when did you get back to Vegas? Oh man, two, three. Uh, and then, did you go right to bed, or did you go drink? Did you gamble? What'd you do? So then I went and started my night and drank till this morning. Uh, when did you go to bed this morning? Mm, Eight o'clock. What is your drink of choice right now? Whatever. Rock, uh, vodka, Red Bull. All right. Um, Give me energy and drink at the same time. Yes. Did you meet any girls last night? You know, while you were out. Uh, hookers. Uh, back in in Vegas. On the street. Yeah. Did you did you consider at any point last night? Did you consider like taking advantage of some of that? Kind of. If I saw one good enough, that I was thinking, no, this isn't cool. I want. No, that's no. There's too many. Stuff out there that you catch. Well, that's so. That's the irony, of course. Is so you get rejected, and then of course you don't want to pick up a streetwalker because then who knows what the deal is there. So, all right. Uh, what, uh, did you now on the way on the drive back? Uh, did your friends sort of give you the lowdown on on uh, on how things went for them? Oh yeah, I wanted details. Yeah, well, of course, because at the very least, you know, then it's a uh, at least it's a uh, you know by proxy at least then you get to hear a little bit of it, you know, vicarious. Right. So it's crazy that they both picked the same chick. <laughs> both of your, wait, hold on. Both of your friends picked the same chick. Yeah. Oh, so did she do? Did she do both of them? Yeah. And so who? Uh, who are your two friends? What are their first names? No. You already so, said yeah. your brother. You totally called out Anthony. Well, I mean, I guess you don't have to say, but uh, but I mean, you one of definitely not to say. There's only three friends I went with. All right. Well, uh, I, okay, that's fair enough. They don't have to say, but uh, but so uh, but one of them went first, and I, okay, now I have to know how did they decide who went first. Uh, I pushed one of them in there. <laughs> Get in there! He didn't want to go. <laughs> he didn't want to go, but you forced him to have uh, relations with a hooker. I'm going to go to waste. <laughs> well, that's not a Was fair he point. Was happy that he did it afterward? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he had a big smile. All right, then. And then the other guy had to go second, and that must have been an interesting. Because then your choices are either to go second after your friend or to go, you know, or to take a girl that you're not really uh, into. Yeah, but what's funny is the girl, we saw, we were in the bar with the madam, the lady in charge, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden we see the, 
the hooker come back with the credit card, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Wait, was it like? What do you mean? Like a, the card got declined? No, he 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 went in there. Oh, with her, oh, and then oh. She came back and said, "Here, run this." Oh, she so came like, out oh, of the room. Minute, just... She came out of the room with his credit card. So she so clearly an upsell happened in that room. Yeah, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> do you know? Do you know the total that any of your friends spent, uh, not counting your three hundred? Nine hundred. Uh, Nine hundred so, to split up. Well, you could have got let's say one and a half girls for as much as we could. I mean, do, but I mean, do you know the dollar amount that any like did any of your friends tell you like, hey, I spent X hundred dollars? Well, I know there was four fifty, and uh, let's say four digits went out. Wow! <laughs> All right. On top of the four fifty, so I think about probably fourteen hundred. How fourteen hundred? One guy, or that is that all three guys? That's one guy. One guy so spent fourteen. Two friends, right? Two of your friends were in there. Yeah. All right. So, um, how long were they in there for? Like, how much did that money pay for? <laughs> one of the first one went, and we were going, okay. The next thing you know is he comes back in like ten minutes. We were cracking up. Ten minutes for how much money? <laughs> that was four hundred and fifty bucks. Wow. I've gone, I mean, in 10 minutes, including the walk from the bar to the room and pick out the girl and come back. It was like 10 minutes. Jesus. Uh, and then the other, the guy who spent $1,400, how long did, how long was he in, uh, in there? He was gone a while. We had two games of pool and I don't know. I mean, I mean, I would hope hour. so. Yeah. Well, that's, see. Well, I mean, at least it's not ten minutes. So. Yeah. yeah. The I man came back and said it's going to be long. I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> when uh, when are you guys coming back? Uh tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. Are um, you going to try and find a, another prostitute there? Or perhaps just a girl who's slutty. Uh, well, a slutty one might be okay. There's blocks, dude. They're all over the place. Holy moly. There's skirts everywhere. It's so hot here, so they have you know, to just skip me. Right? You know what we need to do for him, Rick, is we need to not get him a hooker. We need to get him a Neapolitan. We need to fulfill his dream. We need to find three women who will just He's find not... him sufficiently attractive. So oh, good to me. <laughs> well, no, that shouldn't be that difficult. You do seem to have a certain you do seem to have a certain magnetism when the ladies are you know where the ladies are concerned, Richie. So okay, oh, so we'll good. maybe we'll just we will do our best to just find you three slutty girls that match your sort of Neapolitan criteria. Because we feel because we feel bad about this uh, about the whole about the way it all ended up for you. Yeah, give it a ten days for the rash to clear. <laughs> Always good advice. All right, uh, Richie, we're going to let you get back to sleep. Uh, so uh, rest up, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. Have a safe trip back, my friend. Okay, thanks. Well, thank Have you. All right, bye. There you go. That's uh, that's Richie Bristol. Wow. Oh, sweet lord. Did you in any I did way? Not see that coming if you had given me a list of all of the different ways that that could have turned out that wasn't even on the list i never ever because we were sort of joking about it right because on tuesday like oh i got this rash because it's 106 degrees and i'm not bathing and then we were sort of kidding about it but i and we made all of these jokes like he was signing his emails like itchy richie which is like a garbage pail kid or something oh god i can't and then his friends who weren't going to be with the hookers in the first place <laughs> Everyone gets to sleep with a hooker except for Richie. It's like so many layers of insane. I mean, five girls. He goes there. He lays down a grand for five girls to reject. Five hookers to reject him. Uh, they won't sleep with him for money. Getting rejected by the five girls. His friend pays four hundred and fifty dollars for ten minutes. That is forty-five dollars a minute. That is nearly. That is eighty cents a second. 
for that uh, for that experience. I hope it was worth it. And that's included the walk to and from the room. Apparently, Jeez. the other girl spent the other guy spent fourteen hundred dollars. Did I hear that right? I heard. Yeah, he said four digits. I mean, for an hour though. I mean, Jesus. Uh, yeah, we have to make this. We have to, to to check that off his list for him at some point. That's just wow. Well, I couldn't. I mean, yeah, I couldn't have predicted that. I'm glad we got him on the phone today. I. Yeah, I'm speechless. I really am. I had no, I had no I idea. Not, I, I never would have seen that coming. Ugh. That's just like one of those little things that they put in a movie to where, like, when something happens earlier, you know, like, I don't know, like, you, like the foreshadowing. Right, right, right. We should right, have seen right. the foreshadowing with, I, with I, Richie and his rash. I guess. That's, seriously, I should have seen that coming. We should, totally should have seen that coming. All right. Uh, hey, Adam, are Scott and or Dan here? Yeah, everyone's here. It's Timmy Ryan standing by. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to buzz you with that. Uh, we'll take a break. Um, Scott Daly from Film People Radio is here. Dan from Pop Culture Zoo. A little more from Tim Riley, and we'll talk a bit to Timmy Ryan as well. The top five probably end up uh, being on Monday, which is, you know, it's just well, Rich will be back on Monday. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. If you have a few spare moments, you might want to go to sarahxdillon.com and watch the worst thing you've ever seen in your life, which is about three and a half minutes of the upcoming Paris Hilton film. It's worse than you can possibly imagine. And it never stops, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. It's three minutes and 38 seconds. seconds, It seems like it's about nine hours, and it's presumably only three minutes of a 90-minute film. So, all right. Uh, hey, uh, Adam, can we uh, bring uh, Scott Daly and uh, Dan from PopCultureZoo.com uh, to the studio? Uh, we have them come to the studio now. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, uh, let us uh, spend a few golden moments with uh, Timmy Ryan joining us down on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Timmy. Hello. How you doing? Uh, good. Uh, sorry to be getting on late. We had a whole, I don't know if you heard, but it, Richie's... Hooker experience went. Yeah, uh, went awry. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. All right. Yeah, I've been I've been drinking pretty heavy today, so it's all right. All right. Uh, well, so let's keep in mind we are broadcasting on a radio station right now. But uh, so when are you back from Sweet Home? I don't know, like uh, Monday-ish, Tuesday. Uh, oh. So what exactly is going on with this running challenge of mine? All right, so the running challenge, uh, presuming that you can uh, be back in Portland, the running challenge is slated to happen on Tuesday during this very fine radio program. All right, so here's the thing. Do I have to run around a track, or can I do like 50 cross-country, 50 on a track? Well, I think, well, what do you mean cross-country? What does that mean? Well, here, here's the thing. Like, I can run around a track. And, by the way, I, I went and I got up this morning really hungover and ran, like, 11 miles. So I'm totally up to the challenge. In but, four minutes. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I did it in about, like, an hour 40-ish. Okay, so you should have no problem with 16 and 245. Well, no, here's, do I have to run 16? I mean, well, let's get a minimum and a maximum because here's what I'm afraid of. I can run 16. That's not the issue. The issue is that I'm going to be running around a track, which is going to drive me effing nuts. Well, why is running on a track? Oh, because of the lack of scenery? Exactly. It's like around and around and around. I can do it if I, you know, grin down. And there are all the like, um, that you can pass. Well, here's the, I was just going to say, there'll be an ever-rotating procession of listeners who are going to come by to watch you, so you'll have that to look forward to. Here's the, me and, and tossing stuff at me? I didn't say that. Here's the other thing, is that um, 
uh, is that uh, on a track, it's going to be easy to calculate the distance, whereas if you're on a street, it's going to be tricky. And plus, I think from a CBS point of view, CBS probably doesn't want to have the station vehicle outpacing you on the road during right. the show because then it's going to cause a traffic snarl and people are going to hate it. Here's the deal. Let's, let's put me at like 11, 12 miles, and then everything else I can go is fine because I know I can go at least 12. I mean, 16 I can do, but it's just going to kill the hell out of my knee. Well, so we need to sort of clarify this because I think the the claim was that you could do 10 miles in two hours. That was I can do, I can do 10 miles in two hours easy. Now the 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 claim that you made here on the program was that you could also do 16 in 245. Two sixteen two forty five sounds about right, but then you have to kind of calculate in like you know I'm going to give myself a few days rest. But it's just like when I'm running, running cross country, I kind of get on that, you know, runner's high where I'm just rocking and rolling around the track. In my mind, I'm going to be like, what what number of lap am I on right now? So well, no, the trust right me. Right. There'll be somebody there to calculate what lap you're on. I assure you there'll be any and number I, I of people. I don't really want to know. I mean, I have my iPod, and I kind of know, like, because I have a playlist right. of where I'm at and where I should be. All right. So right, tell, how, how about we just say minimum of 12, I can run up to 16. How about that? Well, I don't think you can't give yourself a four-mile window. Well, I mean, I, I, here's the thing. I know I can run at least 12. It just kind of depends on what my knees are, like, doing to me that day, you know. So I, I'm confused. So now you want to say that you can run somewhere between 12 and 16. Correct. It just kind of depends on what my knees do to me. That's all it is. I mean, I can run up to 16. It's just, it's just I'm just kind of going through in my head. I haven't actually ran, you know, 16 miles on a track. Every time I do it, it's, you know, a long, open stretch of road. I'm sensing a little Maybe waffling. Maybe you can find a long, open road for Timmy. Well, but the problem well, is... That's, that's the issue. It's, it's kind of like that hamster effect. You're running around and around and around. And I know there's going to be people there. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I would think that people there doubting you would be motivation for you to continue to well, run. You would, have, you would have no problem with 10 miles, right? So, 10 miles... Oh, yeah, 10, oh, yeah 10 miles is a piece of cake. So, basically, if you, if you give me that window of, like... Between X and X, that's not going to be a problem. But if, if you're like, you have to run 16 or you're going to die, then it's like that That, that might be pushing it. Well, I think that with, somebody suggested that you should just have to run 16 regardless. You should have to run until you're done. Okay. Well, I, I, I think there's I, some doubt that you can run 16 miles, no, even can, if given an infinite 16. amount of time. I can run 16. I can do it. I mean, you know, I mean, today I'm, I'm not making any gigantic claims, but when I was really hungover, I got up this morning and ran 10 in like in an hour 40, like I was telling you. So. All right. Well, so let us now, uh, we will sort of recap. We were kind of under the gun time. Right here, so we will recap a lot of this on Monday, but let's, we are not, we are planning to do uh, Ryan's run uh, Tuesday uh, during this program. So are you going to be back in town Monday night? Yeah, I mean, if that's what's got to be done, I'll do it. It's, uh, I'm, that's probably going to be the easiest thing to do. That way we can right, sort I'll of... Be, I'll be in town Monday night. I'll get a good night of rest. I All won't right. drink too much Monday night, and then I'll get up and then run. Now, where is this going to take place at? Uh, this is going to take place uh, at the track uh, on 31st and Powell. All right. Th- really? It is, the Cle- and Powell? it is the Cleveland High School track. It's uh, centrally located, not terribly busy. So I can get some crack and heroin and go for a big run at the same time. Fantastic. <laughs> it's multitasking. And, and maybe I can pick up a hooker while I'm at it. Okay. Uh, just be sure you bathe beforehand. Um, all right. Uh, so, okay, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll uh, we'll recap with you on Monday, and then we'll see you on Tuesday. All right. All right. Thank you, Timmy Ryan. Bye. Right, there Timmy Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. So what are we going to have him do, 10 miles? <sighs> Jesus. I, well, do you hear me? Like, I can run between 12 and 16. So why don't we just have him do 12 miles? That's the thing is, I think on, well, Monday will take a little bit of time calculating math-wise. If he can run 10 and 2, he should be able to run 12 in blank. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. So, all right, we'll talk to him tomorrow Monday.
Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from FilmFeverRadio.com. Our good friend Scott Daly joining us now in the uh, studio. Hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Uh, also from PopCultureZoo.com, our good friend Dan of the Joker phone. Hello. Hello. How are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Just uh, returned from Comic-Con you are. so uh... I, I did, yes, and I'm well-rested finally. All right. So I'm gonna I, I have two comments there. about uh, Timmy's Run. One, yes. why not make it a, a half marathon, 13 miles? Is now is a marathon twenty six? Twenty six, yeah. Is that like an is that a known fact? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the average marathon runner runs a marathon in two and a half hours. I could be wrong on the time, but half marathon thirteen miles. Well, he's trying to do that whole like Rosie Ruiz thing of like, well, I don't even really train. It's just I've just I've got it in me, you know. So I, I don't know, yeah. well, because it, yeah, as we said earlier, first it was ten and two hours, then it was sixteen two hundred five. Now it's between twelve and sixteen. And the 13 falls between the 12 and the 16. And did you hear him? Wait, but but now I've just did the, the retrospective <laughs> inanity of the phone call. Yeah. So he can do he can do 10 miles in two hours. That's mm-hmm. his claim, right? But he's doing that thing again, Sarah, where he's giving a different lie with a different spin. So he no, he doesn't. He just knows that he can't do it. He can do 10 miles in two hours, but he was just claiming on the phone he did 11 miles. In, a, in an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> I never even called him on that. Oh, yeah. 10 and 2, but he was somehow able to do 11 in 20, le- 20 fewer minutes today while hungover. He was, He's just making things up. You know what? Then we shouldn't be nice to him. Why, why are we, like, dancing around and trying to be nice to him? He said 16. We agreed 16, 245. In 245. Screw it. He's got to do that. Because, he's, because here's, the other, here's where we got distracted. Because his 10 miles in two hours is his side bet with that Irish guy. That's the thing. Irish is the, the, the two and ten, the ten miles in two hours. That's a side bet. So. And my second right. suggestion is let's, let's make it a fun run and have people donate per lap, and then uh, that can go towards my divorce fund. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. So is it finally happening? Yeah, yeah. We, no, we're, get, we're getting there. How much did you lay yeah. down? Uh, well, I haven't laid down anything yet. I heard it was 3000 3, I've talked to a couple lawyers, and that's been the quote I've received. Did you call so 1 800 divorce? No, but I'm going to next. There are that's my next one. I know, I know, I know. I have gifts. Do, we need to, do I need to sing the jingle you for you? I won that free divorce raffle at the listener party. <laughs> was there a free divorce yeah. raffle? Uh, well, were we were. Well, the logistics didn't really work out. We oh, had talked yeah. about giving away a free divorce at the party. What did you bring on? I got some gifts for you guys. Something I promised Sarah about a month or so ago. Uh, this is Scott Daly. He's uh, brought us a uh, and, uh, brought well, us something is, exciting. On top, I'll, I'll give this to Rick. This is a poster <gasps> for Gonzo. Wow! That's the, uh, Hunter Thompson. That is the Hunter Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The cool Ralph Stedman great. artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Thank I, you. I, uh, I contacted the studio when, when we got that screening event, and I was like, oh, send me two posters. Cause I knew you totally that out. That's so that cool. Is so cool. It's the Ralph Stedman lettering of Gonzo, yeah, and then yeah. it's got Hunter with his cigarette holder. Fantastic. Thank you. That You're awesome, right. I'm going to get that framed. Sweet. And for Sarah Dillon, I have <gasps> the Dark Knight yes! poster. It's the, uh, oh the world without rules in front oh of the burning building God. with the bat symbol on it. Yeah, yeah. That's that is favorite. that is right. I promised that you like a month ago. So. Thank I you thought very I much. You're the coolest. Thanks. Uh, Yay. Yeah. Everyone likes me. Yay. I feel slighted. I thought I had the market cornered on Batman swag. Uh, <laughs> let's see. All right. So I don't even know where to begin here. So, uh, so Dan, you were at Comic-Con. Right, right. Uh, I know you were on with uh, Court and Fatty. I saw that bitch in the Battlestar thing, by the way. That's pretty righteous. Yeah. The Battlestar Last oh, Supper poster? thing. Yeah. He brought Aaron and I Star Trek posters. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, the Watchmen panel. Oh man. So yeah. it was just, uh, and, and again, I, and I, and I am a, I mean, I've sort of known about the Watchmen for a long time, and then I'd never read, but I read it, uh, you know, and it's, uh, you know, so I sort of come up with a little bit of a handicap in my in my comic knowledge, but even just my reading of it and then seeing the trailer, I mean, it looks like they're going to be really faithful 
to the to the book. Yeah, well, it looks amazing, and the Watchmen has always been kind of the comic book that fans had labeled as being unfilmable. Well, even just I thought that because right. there's so many layers to it. Yeah, and and Zack Snyder, who's the director who did 300, yeah, um, when when they sat down and started the panel, the first thing he said was, um, "I never planned to make this movie." He said that uh, WB actually brought the property to him, brought the license to him, and said, well, you know, you did great with 300 with Frank Miller's book. Right. How would you feel about doing The Watchmen? And his first response was, no, I, I can't make you this. You can't movie. do There's it. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, and then he said, then he said, I, I went back and I thought about it, and I thought, well, if they're shopping the property around, if I don't make it, somebody else is going to make gonna it. And it's going to suck. And they're going to screw it up. Yeah. So, no, he felt like this sense of responsibility. Yeah. Um, and they showed, oh, probably five or six minutes of footage, which is, was more of an extended cut of the trailer than right. everybody's seen. Right. Uh, at Comic Con, and uh, it, it it really emphasizes this is not going to be a PG movie. Excellent, this very cool. Be... Now I've, I've heard the, the the cut they have now is just over three hours. Was there any talk about reducing that down? Because I think three hours is minimum what they should do with one. Yeah, no, I think so too. I don't think they they spoke about the length of the movie, but uh, I mean, what uh, Zack Snyder and all, the entire cast. Kind of one of the cool things is that as as the audience members in these panels will come up and, and ask questions of the the cast and the filmmakers. Um, you know, and of course, the big question was, are you going to be faithful to the graphic novel? Right. Are you, have you read it? Have you read the book? You know, all the cast members, have you read the book? And they never referred to the book as the Watchmen or as the comic book. They all referred it to it as the Bible. Yeah, yeah, so, right. Nice. Well, because it is considered by a lot of people to be the definitive, the definitive graphic novel. Right, right. Uh, so I think an important piece here really to talk about is the fact that Dan was 20 feet away from Carla Gugino. Yeah, who was, was on the Watchmen panel. That's, uh, uh, that's pretty great. Yeah. She's, that, uh, that was, that was kind of cool. She's a looker. Yeah. Well, she is. Yeah, she's so, pretty. Um, I, I, the, the, just the stuff that I've heard, I heard that they uh, from the movie they, re, they got rid of all of the tales of the Black Freighter stuff, which is unfortunate, but you understand why. Well, I don't, I don't know that they got rid of it. It's not going to be in the film, but the, the rumor that, and this wasn't talked about, but the, from what I've heard, it's going to be included as a special feature on the DVD. Oh, so they're actually animated, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're going to do an animated yeah. uh, series of the tales of the Black Freighter, and if you buy the DVD, you can watch it. Oh, but th- that's sold. Done. Yeah. I, I mean, isn't Gerald Butler the narrator? The, 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 uh, Gerard, the, Butler? Gerard Butler? Gerard Butler. Yeah. Gerard Butler. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The, mo- the movie looks amazing. I mean, it's the the, the footage that I saw. Uh, it, like I said, it's it's going to be an R film. I mean, the, just in, in the trailer that everybody's seen, there's this scene of Doc Manhattan and he's walking through Vietnam. And for those of you who have read the book, they right. understand the importance of that. Um, and then they cut cut the footage in the trailer. Well, what we saw was kind of what he does there, and it's just holding his hand out and just the right, aftermath. Right. The bloody and, aftermath. And then the thing I saw in the trailer that I, uh, and I think Chris Paddock or Court had said the same thing, is that in the trailer, I uh, I didn't think that they were going to do any of the Mars imagery. And the trailer has that whole thing with yeah. the glass structure, and it's just beautiful, just yeah. which you should expect from the guy that did 300. I mean, it really is just... Uh, it's just amazing. Excellent. So, all right. Yeah. And by the way, if I can just say a little nerd note here, and speaking of, of film fever rating, you guys do your commentaries. So I've also been kind of doing the Rift Tracks thing, Mike Nelson's company. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, right, right. And so I watched the 300. I watched 300 the other day with the Rift Tracks commentary, which is just like one of the best things ever. Uh, because it's the guy, because it's in the, the 300 commentary is Mike Nelson, uh, what's his name, uh, Kevin Murphy, and... Um, um, uh, ah, it's escaping me now, but it's the guy, it's the, it's, uh, uh, Bill, um, uh, what's his name? The guy, but it's the Crow voice, the Servo voice, and Mike Nelson. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And so when you watch the Riff Tracks commentary with 300, the best part about it is how they find endless ways to pun on the, this is Sparta! And the, the <laughs> best one is when, what's his name, uh, uh, the Bill Watches Gotcha is doing the, uh, 
He's you think they've exhausted all of the the puns on that, and they get to the part you know they're doing it. It ends up with the uh, you know what this guy says when he sits down to breakfast. This is spot of a nutritious breakfast. And I mean, I know it's a long way to go for me to recycle a joke that they're doing the riff tracks, but it's just like the best thing ever. So, uh, and uh, so if you, if you guys ever ever grow tired of watching 300 the normal way, you watch it with that riff tracks commentary. It's fantastic. Uh, speaking of commentaries and so yes. forth, yes, Film Fever Radio. Film Fever Radio. This week on this week's episode, we have why Mr. Dan Clark from Pop Culture Zoo and uh, talked to, to give more details about the uh, Comic Con and everything. And uh, we also review the new Mummy film. Well, why? Which, uh, I mean, for what possible reason? Well, Aaron Aaron claims that it was better than Indiana Jones. Well, what is it? What well, kind of a low ass standard? <laughs> I mean, here's I yeah. you, Chris Paddock asked me if I was going to see it. And, you know, I didn't like the first one. Yeah. And I hated the second one. And that's enough. Like I've learned my lesson. Like I just why throw my well, time and money at it, that it, thing? It's got a certain kitsch to it with the '40s serial, uh, you know, <sighs> adventure films that. Uh, that apparently this one has in spades. Then you can see Jet Li again, who who claims to have retired like three times now. Well, and it, but, it, uh, Jet Li and Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh yeah. is in it as well. So there's mm. that. But you know, it's not enough to get me to see it. So Aaron saw it. He reviewed it on, reviews it on the show. Uh, he he he, he, liked he really it. liked it. But yeah. he seems to be the minority. So, I mean, I that's know. the thing. It's like I and you know, and not that I don't trust Aaron's judgment on films, but I but there are, you know, I, like I read, it was on Ain't It Cool. Uh, Alexander Dupont had this review of it, and mm. and she. I haven't seen Mummy 3, but she described it, and she described it, it she she said exactly what I didn't like about the first two. She said it was just one constant wall of noise and action. She said it was just yeah. loud and busy and charmless. Which is what I didn't like about the first two either. And yeah. it was just... There's no charm to them at all. run with CGI. Bad just, CGI. Yeah, That's the thing. It's like it's a CGI isn't inherently bad. Right. It's just when it's poured... You know what it is? CGI is just a... It's like it's just one more... Uh, one more... Uh, one more shade of paint on the palette, but it's like if you're painting something stupid with it, it then then that's what that's what people don't like. You know, CGI works when you don't notice it. That's the, when you don't notice it, or when it is done. Even if you notice CGI, if it's done in a way that is sort of interesting or compelling, 300 being a perfect example yeah, of that. Yeah. 300 looks in many ways. The whole thing just looks like a big wall of fakery, but it's like he makes it work because his aesthetic eye. And it's like, but it's the difference, you know, but again, it's like, an, it's like an attack of the clones where it's just like cutting and pasting and cutting and pasting mm-hmm. and cutting and pasting a thousand times to, to where the screen is just full of crap I don't care about. I think a great example of CGI, 300 is that, but I think the final scene in, in 300 is when, when everybody, all 300 of the Spartan soldiers are dead totally. and the camera pans up. Yeah. That is a stained glass window. That is it's a beautiful, beautiful painting yeah. that should be in the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that to me... That defines what CGI should be. And when they when they make a film, just to overrun it with CGI, when CGI is the film, um, you know, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And and I fear that the Mummy Return of the Moon Dragon, I just, I don't even care. Is, is not going to be there. It's so. like that. It's like the Journey to the Center of the Earth in three. I just yeah. don't even. I just don't even. Not even to hate it. I what don't are even, your thoughts on Brendan Fraser? I'm curious. Brendan Fraser seems like he, he's a little bland. But he's seen, but he he can be good. Gods and monsters. Yeah, yeah. When gods and monsters, yeah. you see that and you go. Or what else is Brendan Fraser good in? 
Oh, Encino Man? Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying right there. Uh, he also was a gr- in a great, uh, really actually little film, I think, in much recognition with Alicia Silverstone, Christopher Walken. Oh, Blast from the Past. Blast from the Past. Yeah. That was actually yeah. a good movie. Yeah. He, he's, he's, I mean, he's, very he's a good actor. He's charming. He seems Not like a good guy. That's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, with Elizabeth Hurley? Oh, uh, awful. Really? It is the worst thing I've ever seen. I never saw it. Oh, yeah, no, that it was so that was bad. terrible. It that's, just it just yeah. seems like he's he seems like he just is in these bad projects. I don't care about. He's, mm-hmm. You know, he's one of those guys that it's like I, I sort of root for him, and I think a lot of people do, which is why he keeps getting movie roles. Yeah. But it's like he, I don't really ever see anything. Like no one ever says like let's I have to see that new Brendan Fraser picture. Like he just. I don't think they found the right fit for him. It's, he's a constantly mismatched with projects. In my yeah, opinion. I agree. You mean like being uh, gung ho with the new GI Joe movie? No, yeah, yes really. Yeah. Yep. Well, whatever. but he'll get lost in that huge cast anyway. Yeah, just you know. So whatever. Hey, yeah. wh- how do we feel about Clone Wars? You know what? I'm excited for Clone Wars, I, I, and here's why. Uh, because I think that a the animation looks really, really good and solid. B I. I like what they did with the Clone Wars or Cartoon Network a couple of years ago. But I this, like is, the this, is, this is not this getting is not Tartakovsky, right? No, it's not. However, and I talk, we talked about this in the show this week, with, you know, with Indiana Jones, I saw it the second time with my son, who's six. Right. And he, you know, had a great time. Um, and in turn, I had a good time kind of watching it through his eyes. And then with... Uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars. I mean, I got a poster for it the other day, and he was—he freaked out. I put right. it up in his bedroom, and he was—he was loving it. And so I'm gonna go take him to see it. And I'm excited to see it with him and through his eyes. If I didn't have my son to go see it with, eh, I don't know. You sort of take it or leave I it. I take it or leave. I wait because essentially it's the first three episodes that are gonna air on Cartoon right. Network in October. Yeah. So yeah. When, when I heard the Clone Wars was coming out, I almost felt a little embarrassed for the Star Wars franchise because it's become so irrelevant over the past year. Right. right. Um, and then down at Comic Con, uh, uh, Hasbro did a midnight release of all of these the Clone Wars, all the Star Wars Clone Wars uh, action figures and product at Toys R Us. Three thousand people in line. Really? I had no idea. I had Good no Lord. idea that people were still. I mean, I know people like Star Wars, but I mean, and these were just kids either. They were the you know guys like me. Huh. It's like, hey, this is a new Star Wars product. I can't wait to see well, this movie. And I'm a Star wow. Wars action figure junkie. I've got I've got thousands of Star Wars action figures, and uh, you know th- this new line of figures. It it looks really really good. It looks really cool. Mm. Another thing that's going to be weird is this Warner Brothers is releasing it. Oh, that's so right. Because you're, you're not going to have the dun 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 yeah. that you'll hear the, the fanfare. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We'll come back after this. Uh, we're here with Dan Clark, PopCultureZoo.com, Scott Daly, Film Fever Radio, uh, phone calls, etc. around the corner. Like us at three. Michael Mara Show at seven. Stay there. We'll uh, wrap it up when we return. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, that's true. He's pretty good. All right. Uh, we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, like is a three, Michael Mara Show at seven. Um, all right, we're going to call for Scott Daly here in a second. We're talking about uh, Timmy Ryan, who on Monday, there's not enough time to do it now. On Monday, we're going to set aside a segment, and we're going to figure out, because he won't be back till Monday night. So the running actually happens Tuesday. Uh, Adam uh, from the Pimp Squad has agreed, nay, demanded, uh, to go down and be the one uh, to, to, to track everything to see how... And it's going to be on the track just because it's easier to sort of figure out what's happening when. Somebody was saying, well, like the Springwater Corridor and whatever. It's just it's going to be difficult to figure out the mileage unless he's on a fixed distance, you know, the surface, which no, is the track. 16 miles as long as it takes him. Yeah, I mean, if two hours and 45 minutes or however long it takes. Yep. 
Because he's just, you know, that, that. He said he could do it easily. You know, it might be boring and it might not be inspiring to be around track, but you know what? Grow up. You said that you could do it. Do it. Exactly. It's, it's, it's 424 laps around the track, and the track is actually better for his knees. Yeah, because it's Absolutely rubbery. Lower yeah. impact. That's yeah. exactly right. count exactly how many laps. Did 424? There's 16. And as miles. you predicted, he was trying to weasel out of it today. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do the, well, between 12 and 16. <laughs> uh, so, you know. No, he said he could do easily 21. I think he said he did do 21 at, at one point. So, Dan from Pop Culture, so you're asking if there were if there was action being taken on this. Well, yeah, I want to know if there was uh, maybe some side bets from the audience. Or, well, uh, we, I, we've never, see, this is the other thing on Monday. We have to figure, we never even said what was at stake with us. Like, we never even bet anything with him, no, except for, no, like, that we'd publicly apologize and say that he is, in fact, the healthiest person. No, history. that's true. I did agree to that. And then this guy, Irish, has a side bet where he bought an 80-year-old, he bet an 80-year-old bottle of Jameson that, uh, against Timmy being able to do 10 in two hours. Yeah, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll totally bet right now that Pop Culture Zoo will redirect our page to Timmy Ryan's MySpace page <laughs> if he can actually complete the 16 miles. A 16 in 245. In 245. Right. And we'll do it for a day or whatever. You know? Fantastic. All right. Uh, well, we'll do that. We'll do, we'll do more on Monday. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, I was just wondering from Scott Daly uh, if he was going to ever come back to public access to do his film Fever show. Uh, yeah. The days of public access. That'd be a yeah. no. <laughs> oh, is there even work. public access anymore? Yeah, I think there is. I think is it's, I think right. it's uh, Comcast cable access or something. But yeah, I was no. on that show once, and you I think were. you guys, did That's you guys just sort met. of, was it just, uh, is that how, how we met? met? Yes. Uh, is that just now? Did you? Was it just too much work? Or yeah, it was too much work. Uh, you know, I had the, I was only the host of the program, throw together a crew every week and do all the editing, and it just it became a lot of work. And pe- you know, the crew would I have a co-hosts come and go, and it just got to be it's got to be a lot of work that I just didn't have time for. So I, and I found I, so it's helping you out a lot. Oh well, thanks, thanks, man. Yeah. Well, the 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 answer is uh, sadly then no. That's and a, I, I found, a thing of the past. I found some old VHS tapes of our old show. And is it embarrassing? Oh and my great? god, yeah. I'm never watching put, that again. You should put that on YouTube. No, man. I will. Seriously, not. yeah, <laughs> totally. All right. Yeah, but thanks, man. That was good to know. Uh, all right, new episode of Film Fever Radio up as we speak. Episode number 109 and PopCultureZoo.com. PopCultureZoo.com. We've got uh, close to 4,000 photos from San Diego up. We've got interviews going up with cast and crew from Doctor Who, Battlestar Galactica, Stargate SG One, Stargate Atlantis. Lots more. I actually need this. It's great. Uh, and then tonight, Super Troopers. Is that tonight? That is tonight. Oh, yeah. Worker and Fat Boy going to come yeah, in? Yeah, but uh, that time I'll, has I'll passed. for him. Uh, uh, tonight, tonight, 11 o'clock, Bad Dad Theater, Super Troopers, Court and Fat Boy's Midnight Movie. There you uh, go. And they will be broadcasting live as well. So good times. We're, go have some tots and beer. All I'll right. be there with a bunch of my drunken friends. Uh, we want to thank Dan from PopCultureZoo.com, Scott, FilmFeverRadio.com. Thank you. Uh, Lisa Desjardins. Um, Rachel McGrath and was that it? Do we have anybody else today? Richie and Richie. Well, poor Richie. poor Richie. Poor <laughs> Richie. Uh, Rick Emerson, Joe produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM 970 to talk her in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Uh, Adam from the Pim Squad. Adam, good job this week. Thank you so much, my friend. Well done. Uh, <laughs> uh, Richie Bristol returns Monday. And so forth. The gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, director of engineering, Brian Jones, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio, Portland marketing guru, Susan Donap with me, Reynolds. Have a good weekend. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. See you Monday.